nine o'clock on a Saturday. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday morning. It's the Murph and Fred Show. Starring Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, and featuring Felix Reyes. Now here's your host, Murph and Fred. How you doing, everybody? Saturday morning, Murph and Fred. What do you figure, Fred? About 99% Bears talk today and shoehorn in about 20, 30% other talk? I would go, yeah, <laughs> throw some baseball out there. But yeah, the, the uh, Bears, after winning last week and uh-huh. becoming uh, NFC North champions, yep. they're gearing up for uh, two road games. And uh, mm-hmm. don't take them easily because uh, the Niners and the Vikings are looking for victories the next two weeks. All right, let's do 100% Bears and uh, 25 We're going to give 125% today. Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. Can't do it. Three three two three seven seven six. If you want to jump in uh, and uh, vote, always we have uh, a few of our uh, Murph and Fred uh, fan focus group Twitter poll questions on board right now. Vote at what's that, Felix? The people are already voting. Cool. I just voted at all of them <laughs> yes. except one. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. All of them except one. I write them. I don't vote on them. Yeah. But. I voted on You him. vote, uh, well yep. then vote twice, because you didn't vote for me also. I can only vote once. They don't let you vote <laughs> twice. I give you my proxy. Yeah. Big day today. Glad you're with us. Lots of Bears talk, as we said. Steve Silverman, oh, one of our favorite guys, Fred. You can tell everybody in a moment who Steve Silverman is, if you don't remember, because he is a fixture over the years in sports talk radio yep. and knows probably as much or more about the NFL and the Bears than anybody out there. Yeah, come on with Murph and Fred. Steve Silverman uh, around 10 a.m. And double barrel Bears today, Arthur Arkish over at the Pro Football Weekly. He says, yeah, 11 o'clock sounds good. I'll pencil that in. So, Murph and Fred, 9 till noon. Two of our uh, favorite and great Bears guests will be here at 10 and 11. Shoehorn in some other uh, various topics along the way. Quick look at last night's. Uh, you know, world here in Chicago. Fred, first of all, I guess uh, Kyle Long, the first practice yesterday, the Bears' right guard. Yeah, I got a problem with this already. Uh, you, no, know, maybe you did what's up Fred's can yeah, all week. It's not what's up Fred's can, <laughs> but Kyle Long's coming back, okay? They yeah. say he might play in game 17. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see him play in a playoff game. Sorry, Kyle. You haven't played all year. I'm not going to have you. I don't want you out there. While everybody else has been there all year long, I don't care what your position has been. Hmm. I don't think one game one game of action is enough to put him in a playoff position. All right, now let's uh, break that down quick. Uh, also, we'll try to cover a few of the other main topics other than the Bears today. White Sox look like odd man out, according to the Sun-Times, on both Harper and uh, Manny Machado. Uh, how about the Bulls? Markinen scores his season best 32. Bulls win. He came out of nowhere because he was really bad at the start of the game. Well, yes, the uh, previous game on Wednesday, he only had six attempts from the field, and... Uh, uh, they said, he's got to shoot more. Yeah. Well, he did, but he was like one for uh, six one for out seven, of the box. I think, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. But then bang, bang, bang. He had three three balls in a row and got rolling with his, again, season best 32. But a monster slam, and he got called for a technical for taunting. Oh, like, Stacey King was mad about yeah. that. Yes, he was. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, sl- monster slam right in, uh, what's his name's face? Vukovic. I, th- I thought it was the insurance guy. It's uh, Vucevic. Vucevic. Yeah. Okay, I thought, what's Vuk uh-huh. doing out there trying to block? Uh, Markinen, but so Markinen turned, gave him a little stare, 
turn, gave him another look, Brooke teed him up. Yep. Oh, Stacey King was aggravated. Blackhawks, they've they've won their third in a row. Fred, yep. I have to be I didn't know they had won their second in a row. Well, you know, going into yesterday, they had won more games in a row than anybody since last Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> so that was pretty good. All right. So Third yeah. in a row, two to one over the uh, Lanch. Yeah, their goalkeeper, Avalanche. their goalkeeper, twenty-four-year-old uh, yeah. kid from uh, yeah. Rancho Cucamonga, California. And wh- what's he do? He uh, he stops thirty-five and thirty-six yeah. shots. Really nice to see. What was his name? I didn't know. How Colin to Delia. Delia. Yeah, Delia. All right, good for them and good for the Hawks and a little roll. St. Louis Cardinals. How about this? They sign. Oh, he's been hurt, Murph. Well, okay, that's fine. He has. You're right. That's correct. St. Louis Cardinals signed left-handed relief pitcher. Remember the name, Andrew Miller. Everybody in the division seems to be getting better. Well, he signed Pittsburgh. Uh, two years, twelve million point twelve point five this year, twelve point five next year. The Cardinals hold the uh, club uh, team option for twelve point five. The third year. Yeah, we'll get to that. I was thinking of Reverend Watkins. He used to tell me all the time years ago. The dear uh, uh, Reverend Watkins, the Cubs don't have to get better. The other teams just have to get a little bit worse. Yeah. And then he laughed, sort of the evil laugh. Well, this is sort of the uh, apo. This is sort of the bizarro, you know? The other teams are all getting a little bit better, and the Cubs are getting a little bit, uh, well, maybe not they're worse. Saying, yeah, they're staying status quo right they now. Are. The trend, uh-huh. trend line is flat. Yeah, they haven't done a whole lot lately. Three three two three seven seven six. First of all, any time in the next three hours... What you would like as, uh, under the Christmas tree, your sports gift, okay? We've, you know, it's been yeah. rolled out over the years, but sure. still fun if you had uh, something in mind. 332-3776. I'll be here on Christmas morning. You can call me and tell oh. me what you got under that Christmas tree. <laughs> so uh, what sports uh, gift, surprise, present would you like under your uh, Christmas tree in a few days? 332-3776. That's 332-ESPN. Area code always downtown Chicago means 312. If you can get past Felix the Cat, you can be on the radio. Let's take a look at uh, the first two Twitter polls as we uh, transition here into some Bears talk. But we'll get back to the other stories of the day. All right, uh, if you haven't voted yet, Fred already has. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Fred, this is the first time I've ever written the Twitter poll questions, and the first two words are... be honest. Okay. Now, uh, oh, that was those were the first two well, words. It should have been three. Now, okay. be honest. Yeah. But I, I didn't have want to run out of characters. You you actually think that the some of the people that respond to Twitter polls are not being honest? Well, I don't want to accuse, but I would say that it's always in the back of my mind. Okay. It depends on what the question is uh-huh. and how it's set up. When you hear the yeah, question, maybe you'll understand why I okay the uh, preface. Gotcha. Be honest. Before Mac, you predicted six wins, seven wins, eight wins, or nine wins. Okay. All right. So think about this and then vote at ESPN 1000 or vote now on the radio, 3323776. Be honest. Before the Bears acquired in the trade, I always want to say signed. Yeah. It seems like a free agent thing, but, but before they acquired uh, Khalil Mack, you predicted uh, how many wins? Okay. Six, seven, eight, or nine. And then dovetail next uh, is similar. Be honest. After Max signed, you added how many wins? Okay. Zero, one, two, or three. So uh, we'll get the ball rolling on that. 
little bears talk. You know what, Fred? Uh, before we get back to that, I was I was thinking about uh, the Super Bowl shuffle. Uh huh. Now we got a great young guy who works with us here, Felix Reyes. Felix, you're a long time uh, Bears fan, Chicago guy. Yes. Uh, but you weren't uh, you weren't uh, around in 1984. Or 85, 85. I misspoke. I'm uh, sorry. 1985. Uh, not even thought of, were yeah. you? I wasn't even thought of. Guys. No. No. <laughs> when you hear about the '85 Bears uh, and the you know Super Bowl shuffle, do you go, "Oh God, that old stuff! I don't care about that." Oh my God, how many times I got to have that shoved down me? And I, you know, Walter Payton. I've seen the highlights, and he was terrific. Or do, do you sort of uh, enjoy hearing a little bit about that, the team and the uh, song and all that? Oh, I enjoy it. I really? enjoy Bears history. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. So, what do you... You sounded just like uh, Trubisky there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what do you... <laughs> so, you know, what, what's your, like, uh, what, when you hear of, or, you know, the, oh, the 85 Bears, what's the first thing you think of? Like, Dead Cup Payton, they were 15-1, and one, the Super Bowl shuffle, I give a more broad, generic view, you know, just, uh, and then three three two three seven seven six. if you're in the uh, age genre that uh, wasn't uh, there to view all this. Felix? Yeah, no, I think about the defense. I think oh. about Walter Payton. Uh-huh. I think about the whole nine yards. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's awesome. I, I love listening about it. I love watching highlights. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I actually may be one of the people who could not stand the Super Bowl shuffle from the day it came out. Really? Uh, yeah. Maybe that had something to do with Steve Fuller dancing. I don't know what it was, but I... Uh, and guys faking instruments. Uh, uh, come on, really? But that was the thing at the time. Wasn't uh, it? That there's music a lot of things at the time. Good. There's a lot of things now I, I don't like. But, but you, you, so, so you, you know. didn't like it when it happened? I wasn't a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Mongo was great in it. Mongo wasn't in it. Wasn't he in the... There wasn't a live version that I saw with him in it? Maybe a live, Yeah, but there was a live version I saw with him, and it was hilarious. Yeah, but Mongo, I don't think, was part of it. It was sort of, as we've heard, like a last-minute thing. They call, hey, guys, we're meeting at a recording studio in about an hour. Can well, they, you make it? They knew it was planned ahead of time. Yeah, but... Yeah, so that's... Okay. You know, as they're getting ready to... <laughs> as they're going to come back from Miami, uh, still undefeated. Yeah, that worked mm-hmm. real well. Fifteen and one. How does... You know, what's interesting about the current Bears, and this is not going to be comparing the defenses no. or this and that, but they're very... This current Bears outfit has a lot of similarities and parallels to the 85 Bears. It's hard to describe even to like to Felix or any of you. It's hard to describe how the uh, euphoria, uh, the, you know, bear, the town was crazy about the Bears. Right. Now, it's, it's growing now every week. Yep. Don't get me wrong. But by this time, game 14, it was like out of... It was crazy. Well, and, and a lot of people have compared, you know, this Bears team with the 84 Bears. The team before the, you know, the year before they won the Super Bowl. Good point. Because, you know, that's when they were showing everybody what they could be. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got, you know, to the to a game out in the Bay Area and got whitewashed 23 nothing, And that was over. And everyone said, well, you needed that in order yeah. to take that next step. And we had already seen that 
when it came to the Bulls. The, Bull, the Bulls had to get past the Pistons before they could win, and they did that. The Bears had to get past the Niners, and they did that. Well, maybe the Bears had to get past the Packers, and uh-huh. they did that last week. Right, right. So, you know, we'll see how we'll see how things go, and then they get Minnesota at the end of the year. See, what's interesting, you're exactly right. What, what's interesting, Fred, is, like, back to the super, the parallels between yeah. 85 Bears and the current crew, the shuffling crew, doing it for you. Oh, no, that, that was 85. The videos that pop up of Club Dub uh-huh. after the victories, and yep. I think now we don't have to really describe, you know, Dub is W, Club W, win, like the W Wrigley Field. Uh, they claim that this was sort of when uh, Na- Coach Nagy, oh, Nagy visited Madden, with, yeah. with, with Madden and, uh, you know, and came up with the idea that sort of uh, organically has grown, but... It, it's almost like now when you see these little videos of the uh, guys, uh, they do a Saturday thing also, which I want you to talk about in a minute. Yeah, and it's their dance-off. And after, yeah. Right, right. And after the victories, it's it's sort of the current Super Bowl shuffle when you think. And uh, uh, Felix was just mentioning, you know, uh, Mongo maybe was in the, the one they did later live because some right. of the guys weren't there. And the one we all picture and the backup quarterback, Steve Fuller. His leg going left when everybody else's was going right. It was, you know, just no timing, no rhythm, no dance steps back there. But Yeah, there's no reason to wait for a pre-produced thing uh, right. with a shuffle. Now you just do it each and every week with Club Dub. But they're sort of doing it. They have no idea. I wonder, well, you know what? I wouldn't put it past Nagy to have shown these guys. Not that there's a correlation. Don't get me wrong. But he's really, and one of the things that's appearing to be cooler and cooler about Nagy is... Uh, he's got the history of the Bears. Yep. He doesn't want to shove it down their throats, obviously, because, you know, how many people nowadays want to hear about that? the old guys? Well, they don't, let's be honest. But he's trying to instill, and I, you know, how do I know, but we hear that he likes to bring up or bring some of the old players back. Well, and, they all knew about they all knew about uh, the fridge uh, before they well, called the freezer go. left. Yeah. They all knew about that, and uh, they had watched that and seen that, and uh, on video, and they had talked about it. So, yeah, he does show them some things right. for those that are, uh, you know, less informed. Well, uh, uh, freezer left, freezer right. And, of course, first offensive play of his career with the Bears, he called it, he lined up a T formation. Right. I thought that was the coolest thing. I, I don't so think. I. Okay, yeah. good. Tribute, to, tribute oh, yeah. to Papa Bear. And they picked up, I believe, eight yeah. yards. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I think it was an eight-yard gain up. The I heard gut. someone. I heard someone say they were <laughs> running it a couple of weeks ago. I didn't think it was quite the same. I think they've run it exactly. Tw- they've run the exact T formation twice. Yeah, but there's been others where they line up in a T. Well, even and like, then they break out of well, it. Well, the Wildcat was a T a without a quarterback. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> The Wildcat was a mistake. But it was a team uh-huh. without anyone under center. Right. 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 What do you think? Was that, no, you know, I haven't been on since the I've been I'm on the, almost every day I, since. I know. I've heard you. Yeah. It's wonderful. But I'm like the last guy to say, hey, Bears won the NFL. Uh, NFC North. NFC North. Champs. Yep. Right. And the yep. last one to say it, the first time I can say it. I haven't seen a lot of hats out there. I'm surprised I haven't seen a lot of NFC North hats out there. We're waiting. I don't know. Maybe they're waiting. Yeah, they're maybe they're waiting for the Super Bowl hat. NFC champion hat. They're waiting for that Super Bowl hat. <laughs> so, But the Super Bowl shuffle is almost like they dancing at uh, cl- uh, Club Dub. Yeah. 
Now, what's this Saturday thing? Now, we all are hip to after the victories. Yeah. And, and then it all gets out on, on video, of course, and it's fun to watch. Now, the Saturday, and yeah. I heard you. Well, J.D., uh, Jeff Dickerson. Yesterday, did, maybe. Right. Jeff Dickerson did a whole uh, thing about Club Dub on ESPNChicago.com. Mm-hmm. And they do a uh, they do a dance-off on Saturdays. Saturdays at like 1130. So maybe maybe later today, maybe before they head to the West Coast, they'll do a dance-off. On the so. plane. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, is there room to uh, do cartwheels and uh, no. flips on the pl- in not, the aisle? Well, maybe, maybe. For, maybe for Tariq Cohen, uh-huh. but not for some of the taller guys. Why? What's he been doing? Uh, backflips. Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, his one of his big things is a backflip. Tariq was killing it in the last one. Um, he did like a uh, 2000s crump routine, which I some people out there must know. Then he does his famous Tariq Cohen backflip. Um so yeah, and uh, is the, that the one where he catches a football on the left hand and a football in the right hand no. when he's half upside down? I'm not sure what this one looks like uh-huh. because it happens at the dance off that we don't yeah. get to see. But Cohen and uh, Taquan Mizell lost the the dance off to a couple of practice squad players. Well, Mizell's Josh lost, Woods and Michael Joseph. Mizell's also lost kick return uh, privilege. Yeah, yes, he has, as we know. Yeah. It dope. Not that it was any better because then uh, Anthony Miller returns the opening kickoff, the which eight, was seven yards seven. deep in the end zone. Eight. Yeah, yeah. So, but he's been at least picking up some yardage. Miller. We're going to talk about him. Evidently, he hasn't been able to learn all the plays. Have you sort of uh, read well, between some it. of the lines here? We'll get there. Think we'll about get. it. That's exactly why it, uh, late in the season last year, yeah. Adam Shaheen and Tariq Cohen were not in the two minute offense mm-hmm. because. They didn't have time to learn all the things, and apparently they threw everything at Anthony Miller, and now it's, uh, you know, backing up a little bit. Also appears to be why one of the reasons you never see Kevin White. He, I don't think he's ever... Who? <laughs> Kevin who? I don't think he's ever... Ma- number one pick, seventh, I think, overall. Yeah. I don't think he's ever mastered the playbook, if you read between the lines on, on him. I thought things would get better. Remember the first two years he wore number 13, and then they moved him to number 11 yeah. to get rid of the uh, bad luck uh, yeah. image? That doesn't... Didn't help. Three three two three seven seven six. We'll get to the phones. What would be your sports Christmas present you'd like to see under the tree? And uh, vote at ESPN 1000. Be honest. I've never said that before. I felt compelled. Be honest. Before Mac uh, was acquired, you predicted how many wins this year? Six, seven, eight, or nine. And then, be honest, after Mac signed, you added how many victories to your prediction? Zero, one, two, or three. Let's go out to uh, the old Tri-State Tollway. They don't have the... uh, all the they're tearing down the oases, uh, the oases. Uh, huh. I don't believe Bear fan Bob is next. Hey Bob. Oh, good morning, gentlemen. And by the way, I won't talk to you until next week. Merry Christmas to the both of you. Thanks, Bob. Thank I'll, you, Bob. You too. Anyways, you're right. They are tearing down the uh, O'Hare Oasis. Where do I go to? Where do I go to the bathroom? Does the little gas station still have one? Yeah, I think they do. I they usually better. go past it and use uh, Lake Forest or Insdale. But those yeah. are going to go bye-bye also, no? Yes, they are. All right. Uh, that's what I'm told. Those are going to go, too. So you got to mm. do what you got to do, I guess. Mm, I'm you worried know, about I what really I would like, have to do. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I really like your questions. What I would like under the Christmas tree, a sports present? Yeah. How about an NFC championship game in Chicago? There you go. Wouldn't that be awesome? That'd be that great. Would just be, 
great. Uh, Mark Potash, yep. Mark Potash predicts just that. We'll have uh, some of Mark's uh, stuff from the Sun Times. Go ahead, Bob. I'm sorry. And I also like your other uh, Twitter question about the uh, games. I predicted nine games. And I think I even said it on your airwaves. Uh, with before Khalil Mack, after Khalil Mack, I said two games, and I think that's going to be about right. You know, uh, mm-hmm. this game coming up with uh, San Francisco, this one scares me. Not as much as the Vikings game, but this one, they could lose this game if they're not careful. You know, let me take you back to the uh, Giants game. A little bit too full of themselves, a little bit overconfident, what happens? They get a loss and they're playing catch-up. Now, granted be the Packers game, I was at the Packers game, Mitchell Trubisky maybe had the game of his life. I thought he was awesome. You know, absolutely terrific, mistake-free, very smart, much improved. But when we play on the road, something happens. They just don't play sharp, crisp, offensive football like they should, okay? The execution lacks. And bringing back Kyle Long doesn't do anything for me at all. I think they ought to set him. Fred, I couldn't agree with you more. And by the way, I think you guys are also right. You can take your special teams coach, and he can go away anytime. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be fine with me. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Bears. Thank you, buddy. Thank Have you. a good day, guys. I gotta go. I got I got If you gotta go, get to the Hinsdale or Oasis. Like Forest, Oasis. Get there before they close. Oasis. Yeah, I don't know why. You know, Oasis are a big thing. I mean, if you're ever coming back from. Wisconsin, and you're on uh, 88. There's a uh, uh-huh. there's one right near DeKalb, and uh, it's a necessary stop because you know there's still 45 minutes to an hour to to drive, and uh, sometimes you're coming back from Wisconsin, you can't make it all the way. Well, they have the gas. Uh, yes, they still have the pull off uh, where the Oasis is, is out for a gas station, right? Yeah, you can. Go. Yeah, but some gas stations they don't want you just coming in there and just go use their bathroom. Go to Starbucks. You don't yeah. have to buy anything. Yeah. Well, but there's no Starbucks on the tollway. No, there's not. <laughs> so three, three, two, three, seven, second six. Okay, here's Mark Potash. All right, Fred. I don't know if you ever noticed, but every week he does his uh, barometer, uh-huh. which would be barometer, yes. which, which doesn't make any sense. Like the remember the uh, does the anyone remember the Seanometer? No, the Seanometer. <laughs> three quarters of our. Listeners have no idea who right. Sean Dunstan was, uh-huh. much less that there was a guy that used to hold up the show. He went on a, like a, a six-week uh, heater, remember? Six-week tear. I was going to say that guy should actually be famous. The guy that held up the sign. Yeah? Yeah, nobody knows who he is. I'm sure somebody knows who he is, but, you know, uh, when you got the Seanometer out there, as Sean uh, Dunstan's going yeah. crazy. You know, that's so. in the hall. It's at the, in Cooperstown, that sign. Is it really? The hand, and he, he had it like... Uh, uh, Sean Dunstan's in the, in Cooperstown? The, and they won't let Pete Rose in. And the guy had to do it with pencil and paper, like figure out what his... You know, he'd go three right. for four. Every, every base hit, he'd hold up the... And Harry would go nuts over it. You mean he didn't have a cell phone? I didn't even have a calculator <laughs> yeah. back then, I don't think, right? So before the game, I'm sure what he did was... he did Remember long arithmetic, they yeah. call it? Uh-huh. You know, uh, he's got 52 hits, 172 at bed, but 172 into 52. You have to do all the, the... That's how I learned to do numbers and estimate. Yeah. Like Yurko. He can do it. I guarantee Yurko's it. good. Well, that, that's yeah. how we all did it back sure. then. You had to do it, and then uh, you could just estimate. I'm sure that guy uh, in the in the stands would go, okay, okay, if it goes one for one, and then you have to do it, and then it was one for two, two for two. He'd have like, all the numbers there on the back of his uh, yellow pad. 
33237. Hey, look who's calling. Haven't heard from the mad trucker in a while. Trucker! Hey, what's up, buddy? What's up, trucker? I was just thinking about the trucker the other day. I said, where's the trucker? And our computer system here, if we don't play the song in like a two or three months, it blows it off and deletes it. So Felix was just scrambling to find the uh, grateful debt for trucker. There we go. What's up, guys? It's been a long battle. I'm on my way back. Uh, I've been going through some bad health things, man, and it's great to hear you guys, and I just wanted to call and wish you guys a happy holidays. Uh, Trucker, that's so nice. Trucker, we appreciate it, man. Get better. Great to hear from you. Trucker, what what would be one sports surprise present you'd like under your sports Christmas tree? It could be anything in the world of sports. Go ahead. Well, I think I already got it. Talking to you guys and... uh, Trade Wilson Contreras, and I'll uh, <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back strong with you guys, and uh, happy holidays, uh, guys. Just, I gotta let you go. Thanks, thanks Trucker. You we really great. appreciate it. You, you sound, sound good. great, Trucker. Yeah, hang in there, buddy. <laughs> you like ten years. All right. You know, I was just thinking of try. Yeah, I swear. Well, yeah, yeah, because about a week ago, we haven't heard from Truck Man Trucker. Yeah, well, you know why? I mean, uh, the the uh, Oasis being closed would affect them too. Oh yeah, all truckers out there. I'm going to start just taking uh, Lagrange Road all the way up to uh, Wisconsin and back to Orland Park. Yeah, well, that's going to take you a long time. I take Lagrange Road, Mannheim Road, 45 down to Bourbon, uh, a. Bourbon a. a every year. Uh huh. Oh no, I take 57. I go, why would you do that? I get there faster. You get there about four minutes faster, and you can go through all the nice cornfields. You go through all the little towns, and you get... See, I'm going to talk about Bourbon A when we get back, Fred. Something doesn't doesn't add up. How did all of the experts miss the Bears this year? You know, I I have to admit, you know, we don't make a lot of our predictions, but... No, I try not to. But the guys, you know, and uh, it's not like one or two. In fact, Cap... We got a soundbite when we return. Okay. Cap had uh, one of the top guys in the game, uh, Dan Wiederer, Bears expert from the Tribune, uh, joins in uh, Monday through Friday quite a bit. And uh, Capper says to him, how come not you personally, Dan Wiederer, but everybody missed him? Of course, Cap, you know. Yeah, Cap had nine wins well, before Cap, the. Uh, oh, yeah, so Cap's doing a little. Mac don't deal. hurt your elbow patting yourself uh-huh. on the back, but he did it. But uh, we're going to get into that when we return, which will tie in. We'll get the results. You, be honest. How many victories did you predict before Mac? And then how many uh, victories did you add on once the Bears uh, acquired Mac? Bears talk all day. We'll shoehorn in some other great stuff. Steve Silverman, NFL expert, local guy. He'll talk Bears with us in 30 minutes. Arthur Arkush, Pro Football Weekly at 11. All that and more back in a flash at CSPN 1000. from first-year head coach Matt Nagy leading the Bears from bottom of the division to the top with his 10th win. It's the most by a Bears first-year head coach since George Hollis in 1920. And it's the Bears' 11th division title in the Super Bowl era. Last was in 2010 with his second-year quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, and his bear-like defense. They put an end to the reign that Rodgers had on Chicago. 
2018 Bears win the division and they're going to the playoffs. Highlights courtesy Fox Television, Murph and Fred. This was Club Dub back in 85. That's what they should have played. They should have played this when they got in the locker room. <laughs> Learn sweetness. to dance to this. Listen, crank it out. That's your sweetness. This training camp to give Chicago a Super Bowl champ. And we're not doing this because we're greedy. The Bears are doing it to feed the needy. We there didn't go. You know what? We better make it sound like we're not just trying to make a lot of dough here on this. So we're not here because we're greedy line. Uh, I don't think they made a penny on this. Or someone no. stole it all. Wasn't that the deal? No one ever got anything. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, Murph and Fred. How you doing? Bears talk. Uh, Steve Silverman uh, comes along in about a half hour. He's one of the top NFL Bears guys out there. He visits with us once or twice a year. Uh, here's uh, from Mark Potash, uh, Fred. Then I want to uh, bring in Felix to... Find out uh, the results of our uh, two uh, current uh, Twitter poll questions. Uh, so every uh, the, the, the uh, barometer <laughs> barometer, uh-huh. like you're uh, in your car, you got the speedometer, not the speedometer. That's why it always drove me nuts with the Seanometer. It should have been the Seanometer. But uh, <laughs> once Harry Carey got on a roll, that was over. So every week, what Mark Potash does in the Sun Times. He gives his W's and L's for the rest of the year, all the games. Yep. Well, he has now added uh, past game 16. So, you're pretty good at this, Fred. We know how Mark uh, thinks. So, uh, W's or L's, what do you, not what you think, but what do you think Mr. Mark Potash uh, voted here, okay, or predicted? Uh, barometer. Barometer. Okay, W or L uh, this week, 49ers? He put W. Yes. Yeah. Game 16, at Vikings. L. Correct. Next game, he has the Bears matching up with the Seahawks huh. in the wild card round. Is right. that what it's yep. called? Wild right, card right? round, okay. 5th and 6th of January. Ex- okay, good, good. Seahawks, does he uh, give the beloved w. w? He's got a win for them, there's no doubt. Yes, he does. Yep. Then uh, the next round, divisional uh, round, division yep. round versus Vikings. Okay, W or L? Win. Yes. Yep. Did you see this? Huh? Have I you... saw some of it. I didn't see it. I... No. the whole thing. Then he has. I'm the not sure for how deep he went. Bears versus versus the Saints, which would be the NFC Championship, championship game. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm going to say an L. That's right. Oh, you nailed it. He's got him losing in the championship game down in New Orleans. I tell you, that's going to be tough. That place, you know, yeah, I've never, you know been, what? never been not in scored. the press box. I've they've, never been there. They've not scored um, a lot lately. They've had some uh, offensive woes of late. Uh-huh. So hopefully the Bears uh, defense can continue that if and when they play them. Let's bring in uh, Felix the Cat. Felix, uh, what do the fans have to say here on our active uh, Twitter polls? Uh, we have others online. You can vote now on all, any, at the ESPN 1000. As I uh, mentioned in the first half hour, I uh, was compelled to put, uh, be honest now, uh, before uh, Khalil Mack, 
was acquired. You predicted uh, six wins, seven wins, eight wins, or nine wins. Do you think uh, everyone's going to be honest here, uh, Frederico? No, they're going to lie. <laughs> I know what I had. I had seven. I said seven wins. So I, we don't. We're, you know, I'm not in the prediction business. No, neither am I. That's why I, I, I quietly said seven. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had gone from three wins to five wins, and it looked to me like they could advance. And I had a seven and nine also. So uh, let's say that uh, B, we're going to predict is the uh, fans' answer: uh, seven wins. Uh, what what they say, Felix? All right, we'll start from the lowest, sure, to the top. Thirteen percent say nine wins. Mm-hmm. Liars. Those are the uh, honest ones, or the liars. <laughs> yeah. And then tied at 28%, we got both eight wins and six wins. And with the lead at yeah. 31%, seven wins. Okay. I believe that was the uh, sort of uh, general consensus. Yeah, because the defense played well. They were mm-hmm. in a lot of games last year. Some of their losses were down to the wire, even though it was not you know a great season. So uh, they figure with a new coach and some of the new talent right. and all the offensive weapons that okay. Brian Pace brought in and uh, everything was going to work out nice. So the fans uh, fess up here, uh, hopefully, uh, truthfully, and it was seven and uh, nine. Uh-huh. But then along comes Mac. And, uh, 16 wins, my friend. <clears throat> well, I said I only had four uh, uh, You didn't spots. put 16, huh? Did you add a, a zero wins, a one win, two or three wins? Uh, you know, we, we, we replayed last week with all the guys on because the story broke Saturday morning, September right. 1st. We were on the air. And uh, uh, Tommy Waddle jumped in, and uh, uh, Yurko, John Yurkovich jumped in. Dapper uh, jumped in, everybody. Uh, everybody yeah. did, and... Uh, uh, I think there was, you know, some of the experts on our station and other guys said we're going to add zero wins. Some added one. I believe some one, somebody might have added two. Okay. Let's see what the uh, same thing bottoms up. What the fans say, Felix? All right. At five percent, they said zero wins. Twelve mm-hmm. percent, one win. Twelve percent. Thirty-four percent say three wins, and then with the lead, forty-nine percent say two wins. All right, so let's compile those. That means uh, before game one, after Max signed, uh, the fans uh, voted uh, nine wins uh, for the Bears, seven before Mac, and then they tacked on two more. That sounds about right, I guess, huh, Fred? I don't know. Oh, everybody undersold them with ten wins already, with two more games to go. And why that happen? Why did that happen? It, it intrigues me. The, I know the reason. I, I, I think everybody, myself, I thought that um, both Minnesota and Green Bay would be better. Mm-hmm. And um, the Bears would struggle to win games in the division. Even though uh, they were getting better, I thought it was going to be difficult for them to jump over those two teams. Little did I know. Okay. I was wrong. What appears to be, in retrospect, trying to decipher why almost everybody, 99% of the experts and everyone missed this coming. I think a lot of it, and we've got a soundbite here. On Monday, uh, Caparu did a great job, and he point blank, in fact, we have right here, asked uh, one of our experts, uh, Dan Wiederer, a Bears beat guy at the Tribune, you know, pointedly, uh, what happened. And the more you look back, Fred, at least I, maybe you agree or not. Uh, I think a lot of people just to themselves, well, you know what? The Bears have been bad for so long. Right. How can they be that much better? In other words, disregarding, totally disregarding the new regime. 
All right. Uh, they should have learned. They should have learned that uh, from the north side. Well, Vic was Vic came back. Uh, Fangio came back, and uh, how many years were the Cubs bad? Right, yeah. and uh, it was hard to fathom. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? They're going to get better. But here, I, I think this is an interesting topic. If you want to jump in, three three two three seven seven six. Why did no one predict? You know, even Camp, I believe, has said. I know. I heard him say once they signed Mac, I did not tack on any more W's right. to his uh, great original step out of uh, what nine wins, right? I think, right. but he didn't tack on any. Uh, but here, let's listen to Captain. This was Monday morning. Miss a little, miss a lot with Weederer. Okay, so answer this question for me, and this is not meant in any way, shape, or form as a shot at anybody. So let me just throw that out there. But even the the closest observers of this team, the national experts who are wired in, nobody had this team doing this. Nobody. Correct. How did this Correct. get missed? Well, here it is, and Rich Campbell and I are actually having doing one of our real talk discussions for ChicagoTribune.com that'll go up tomorrow uh, on this very topic, on, on how we were off and how we missed this. And, and part of it is the Matt Nagy effect, really. Uh, it, it's the, the effect of a head coach who came in and not only changed the culture, but had this team so detail-oriented that they avoided stumbles so often throughout the year. I think I probably told you in September – uh, probably first after they lost that game at Lambeau Field to the Packers, that, listen, this was going to be a season full of uh, glimmers of hope and silver linings and a, a season full of growing pains and reality checks. And I don't think any of us expected the former to, to, to outweigh the latter, right? There's been so many moments where they have just been so locked into their business, taking care of each week's opponent, each week's practice, each week's game plan, that they have avoided the losses that we've seen Bears teams have in seasons past. Obviously, I think you have to give a ton of credit to how much of a rise this defense has made this year and how dominant they've been for 14 weeks. And then I think another topic that that is worth pointing out is the health of this team, for the most part, has been really, really, really good. And so these are things that we weren't banking on in August. A Bears team staying healthy, a Bears team playing high-level defense and and creating three times the number of, of interceptions that they had the year before, those types of things. And then you blend that all with Nagy's enthusiasm and all of a sudden, you got a ten-win division championship team. Interesting, uh, always interesting. Uh, David Kaplan, uh, nine eight, nine a.m. till transition. When is that? Eleven forty-five. Yep. Right. Thanks, Fred. Of course, Miss a Little, Miss a Lot. So, uh, see, Weederer right there was very honest, and I have to, you know, tip a hat to yeah. him to paraphrase, distill down what he said was, at least in his opinion, with his, you know, because I was. Not understanding what Nagy and the new regime and the new vibe, right. if I may use that word, because of having seen John Fox, you know, Mark sl- sleepwalk yeah. through three years. Sure. Tressman, you know, from what they say, lose control of the team, you know, play, okay, you know, this guy's wacko. And uh, even the uh, uh, lovey slumber uh, days, even when they did go 10 and 6, you know, there was no vibe. But. Everyone missed this coming. I missed it. Uh, yep. Let's go to the phones. Three three two three seven seven six. What uh, What was your prediction, and why did we all miss it? John's next in Lombard. Is that you, John? Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, John. Hey, John, jump in. Uh, yeah. So me and my buddy always uh, do a little friendly wager at the beginning of the Bears season. We set an over under, and this year I set it at uh, seven and a half, and took the over on it. 
And uh, when they signed uh, Mac, my buddy called me up, and he knew he was done from the beginning. And uh, I figure I figure Mac was at least worth one and a half, two wins. So I had him at eight, and then when they got him, I said about ten. So mm-hmm. they should over overdo what I expected. I'm really really having a great bear, bear season. So how much, John, did you factor in? Great. Great answer, by the way. I, you have a, a well thought out. But let me go one step farther. How much did you factor in, if at all, you know, the new coach, Nagy? We didn't know much about him. The coaching staff, uh, you know, the uh, overall feel of uh, how the uh, a team, you know, is going to be more exciting and excitable and getting back. Did you factor in the new regime, uh, the coaching staff, much? Uh, I, I would say I did a little bit. Not too much because, like you said, we didn't really know all that much about him. Right. But he seemed really exciting. He seemed like a different change than what we were used to in Chicago, where it's been very either chaotic or with the love years, it was very just relaxed and mm. steady the entire time. So he brought he brought a new energy. And although it didn't factor in too much to my decision, I saw something that was at least I thought was going to be in a positive yeah. direction. John, I'll leave you with this. Uh, what sports gift would you like under your Christmas tree? Bear fan Bob already has said, I want that NFC championship. Uh, so that's been already delivered uh, by Santa. What would you like to see? Uh, I, personally, I've already saw it. I went to the uh, Rams game, and that was <laughs> by far one of the best gifts I could have gotten because that was an insane game to be at. Yeah, it sure so, was. Cool. But I would love to see an NFC title. Nice job. Thanks a million. Call again, John. Thanks, John. Thank you. Yeah, yeah buddy. That Rams game had to be a riot, a Sunday night game. The uh-huh. Rams come to town, and the Bears just shut them down. Ross in Elk Grove Village. Hello, Ross. Hello. Hey, Ross. Hey, buddy. Uh, before the season, I, I was hopeful, talking to my dad. I said maybe, you know, nine wins. I thought they could get over 500, and that was I was high on Cohen before. There were some pieces that seemed to be working, but I think why everyone lowballed him and didn't really notice, or, or I mean, obviously I didn't even think they'd be this good, mm-hmm. is because knowing Nagy, because we do know him a little bit, we know his background and his coaching tree, we knew he was going to be creative. And when you ask a player with talent to do something creative, sometimes you get a Devin Hester as a wide receiver, right? And you see mistakes, and you see it where they can't learn the system. Um, we hadn't seen any of our players uh, be asked to be creative or learn a playbook in this way. And uh, fortunately, they were smart and enthusiastic, and they've, they've got it down pretty quickly. I know that there's a lot of room for growth there still, but I was just re-watching the Packers game this morning, hmm. and uh, all the pre-snap moves, I mean, they, they still kind of have issues, but um, it would be very easy to imagine, uh, you know, maybe Allen Robinson – can't handle the playbook. He he can't be that good of a route runner. But he's he's the uh, you know our leading receiver. Everyone's picking up their own pieces, and I don't know exactly how they're being coached. And I you know, but uh, they've taken it on. And a lot of people can try and then fail. Hey, hey Ross, great, great. Uh, real quick, so you just rewatched the game. I rewatched it the Thursday evening. How about that touchdown by Cohen where he flies through the air like Superman, moves the ball from the right hand front to the left hand, yep. holds it over the pylon. He looked like he was going to be out about the. When I watched it live, Ross, he got to about the four-yard line, and I sort of looked away. Oh, he's going to be out of bounds and pushed out at <laughs> the four. And then they go, touch. I go, what? Was that? Re- a, yeah. It, 
during the game, I rewound that and I filmed it and I sent it to my wife. She was watching Real Housewives. I was like, you got to see this. Yeah. And she didn't care too much. But um, so many things had to go right there. He, you know, he had his check down and he led the receiver, which, yeah. I mean, Cutler didn't lead often. But then, I mean, he took off. He thought he was going to get a touchdown when nobody else thought I, he I could. thought it was right. going to be out of bounds. He sure. should have had a Superman cape. You know, you mentioned, and I'm up against the clock, Ross, but hang on. You mentioned about two minutes ago, you, you brought up Tariq Cohen first. Why is this guy, he was lost in the shuffle last year. Fox had no idea, let's be honest, what to do with him, what to do with Trubisky, whatever. That's my opinion. We'll talk on that maybe more. But why did the nation, the Bears fans, local, it seemed like last year people thought that Cohen was the trick one trip, one trick pony, right? He was a one-trick pony with us. The fact that you noticed him last year, I noticed him last year, people were aware of him, uh, speaks to his ability. And Fox did not use him, like you said. Hmm. Good job, uh, Ross. Uh, thanks for participating. Phone again anytime. Appreciate it. Thanks, Absolutely. Ross. Yeah, and the other Great thing is, uh, thank, thank you, you. The other thing is, too, he's a rookie, and it took a while for them to figure out exactly how to do everything with him and to get it all worked out. And uh, like I said, that's why Shaheen and him mm. weren't playing in the two-minute offense last year. Remember how many calls we took about that last year? Why aren't they in the two-minute offense? Well, they didn't know the two-minute offense. Why not? Well, they're rookies. And I think we're starting to learn a little bit about that with young players, especially receivers and skilled players, like with Anthony Miller, who in the whole month of December has uh, two targets and one catch for one yard. Oh, there's some interesting stuff about him. Tony's, we'll get back to Anthony Miller. Schaumburg, Tony's next. Tony. Hey, what's up, guys? I really enjoy listening. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, what's Tony. up? Uh, so I had these guys that, uh, before the trade, uh, at eight wins, um, I thought they were going to be much improved from the previous year, just based on, uh, pretty much accredited to, to Ryan Pace. Um, even outside of Mac, I thought he did a really good job in the offseason with bringing in um, a lot of weapons on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball yep. and, and paying uh, Kyle Fuller a lot of money looks to have paid off. Um, and also, you know, with Mac, once he was brought on, I thought that'd be an additional perhaps two wins. Um, a lot of close games in this division and, you know, a sack or two that he brings to the table could have been the deciding mm-hmm. factor process with uh, those two additional wins that I thought he would bring to the table. Hey, Tony, we'll leave you with this. Other than uh, more W's for the uh, Bears, more club dub, what sports item goes on you would like to see under your Christmas tree? Could be uh, baseball, basketball, anything you want. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to some uh, some Bears playoff tickets, perhaps. <laughs> okay. so that'd be my number one. There you go. Shooting high. There you go. All right. That'd we'll, be a nice thing we'll to get have. the Polar Express bringing that to yeah, you. Yeah, they sold out in two <laughs> Thanks, hours Tony. the other day. The Polar Express? No, the Bears playoff tickets. Murph and Fred back in a flash. Steve Silverman in a few minutes, Bears NFL expert. We'll try to shoehorn in some other topics, but Bears are hot, and uh, we'll be on that with you all day. Back in a flash, ESPN 1000. Murph and Fred, I know we're busy. That's why you're here. A few minutes away from continued Bears talk with uh, one of our favorite guys, Fred Steve Silverman. Uh, he's been covering f- football and the Bears a long time. He's you know, national. I work, I work uh, football pregame shows with Mongo right now. For about seven or eight or nine years, I worked with Steve Silverman with guys like uh-huh. Joe Kane and Raymond Harris yep. and Dave Durson. But it was always me and Silverman 
And uh, we'll have a lot to talk about when it comes to uh, Bears conversation with Sil- uh, Sylvie, top of yeah. the hour. The original Sylvie. Hey, as we uh, are Silverman, <laughs> as uh, the great Doug Buffon That's used right. to call him. All right, real quick uh, before we break for us and then Steve Silverman. Fred, you know what a, a VO is? Uh, yep. VO and water with a, a little lemon uh, twist, right? I've got a I've got a bottle of VO from 1974 in my closet at home. <laughs> that stuff they say this stuff doesn't go bad. Well, have to try it one of these days. All right. Now VO is uh, known in the business as voiceover. Yes. What's a voiceover? Well, it's like the deep voice guy. Uh, you know, you're watching uh, TV at night, and they go, tomorrow at 10 p.m., Jerry Seinfeld uh, here on uh, News right. Center 72, uh, Minneapolis. Uh-huh. Well, those are all done by voiceover guys. Right. And most of them are in Hollywood and L.A. There's about 10 of them, and everybody knows them. So uh, a buddy of mine's in that industry, and he hooked us up with, uh, I'll just call him Gary, but he's one of the top VO guys okay. in the industry. And I said, you know what? Here, Here's the uh, lyrics to Bear Down, Chicago Bears. Because a lot of people hear the song, and you, you know now that right. everyone, what are the words? What are the words to that? So I said, hey, can your VO guy over there uh, do a dramatic reading as we take a break here and back in a minute with Steve Silverman? Let's enjoy this. Is Probably the top VO guy in the industry based out there in Hollywood. And uh, Gary is his name. And uh, he did a little uh, a Bear Down Chicago Bears. Bear Down Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear Down Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with a might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois. Chicago Bears, bear down. Uh-huh, I love that. Back in a flash, Murph and Fred, ESPN 1000. Talk like the big voice guy, bear down. No, that's not me. Fred, you ever do any VO? I have, but not, voice over now. Yeah, uh, I have, but not, uh, <laughs> not, uh, not the Bears uh, fight song. I have not. Welcome back, Murph and Fred. Hour number two, one minute away from Steve Silverman talking more Bears football. Uh, Twitter poll question uh, on the uh, line right now. We got two hot ones. Vote at ESPN one thousand. Uh, first is, some people say, quote, Trubisky is just a game manager, quarterback game manager, A or B, vote now. Well, that's a positive, B, that's a negative, all right? Uh-huh. And our second poll question right now, Theo got more credit than Joe Madden for the 2016 World Series. Okay, At that's a that's, statement. That's what I say. That's what you say, Okay. Some say, I could have written, some say in 2016, Theo Epstein got more credit for the World Series than Joe Madden. 2018 Bears, question mark, A, Nagy's getting more credit, or B, General Manager Ryan Pace 
is getting more credit. Okay. All right. We'll get back to that in a little while. Hey, let's go to our uh, celebrity line. Let's bring in Steve Silverman. Murph and Fred, is that you? Good morning, Steve. Hey, boys. How are you doing? <laughs> well, we are NFC North champions, and it's been a long time since we've been able to say that. And we miss you, Steve. How are you? <laughs> everything, everything is good. Uh, you know, this is a, a team that's clearly on the rise. And, uh, you know, just before I came on with you guys, I was just looking back at some of the uh, – uh, past years, mm. and I don't know, I get the feeling that this is like 1984, the year before the Bears won the Super Bowl. But everything was coming into place. They weren't quite fully formed, uh, but, you know, they were a, a powerful team, you know, a team that everyone wanted to avoid, play tough defense and good enough on offense, and then they really, you know, the next year was – Obviously, something special, maybe the best one-year team in the history of pro football. I, I don't know. I think uh, I think they're on the same path. You can follow uh, Steve Silverman and Bleacher Report and also on CBS Sports. And uh, you can follow him on Twitter at uh, ProFootballBoy. And I, I saw you taking after some people a little bit. I guess I was going to ask you this question, but I guess uh, you've already gone after a few people. Those who say that uh, you know defense doesn't win championships anymore. I guess that's that's probably not the case, huh? No, and it's it's really coming to the surface, you know, in the last month. And I guess it was the Monday night game with the Rams and the Chiefs, fifty four fifty one, right? You know, where it looked like everything from a defensive perspective had had disappeared. But if you really, if you looked at that game, uh, both teams made a number of big defensive plays, defensive touchdowns. And they had an impact. But since then, I think uh, a lot of the quarterback play, uh, uh, you look at Drew Brees, who's been so uh, on point all season long, his production has slowed down the last four games. And uh, Jared Goff, uh, to me, almost looks lost the last few games. And a lot of it has to do with defense, figuring out how to stop these guys and uh I, I love it. I, I think it's great. I like it when all of pro football matters, you know, not only defense, but special teams as well. I think, you know, that makes the game more exciting, more interesting to the fans. It doesn't have to be, you know, 45-38 every game. Steve Silverman with us. Uh, let's stay on that another second here, fellas. The last two times the Bears won it all. Uh, they won up by 46 to 10. The famous Super Bowl of 85 actually was in 86 a few days later in the calendar, uh, giving up 10 points to New England. And the uh, previous uh, championship, they didn't call it the Super Bowl then, but the Bears beat the uh, Giants 14 to 10 both times. That was in 63 at Wrigley Field, both times giving up 10 points, 10 points. Steve, from a bigger picture, the pendulum uh, and the flow and things change in the NFL. For the last uh, number of years, you know, the rules, we, oh, they, make, they want scoring, they want passing, they want eyeballs watching TV, and that's what everybody wants. Okay, fine. I understand it's a business. But the pendulum, of, and this is you're talking about 54 to 51, does the pendulum eventually get to the point where a smart team or smart teams, the general managers, the top guys, they say, you know what? I think we could win by going the op- oppo a little bit here, bizarro world. 
you know what? Instead of trying to win 54 to 51, let's see if we can win uh, some uh, 14 to 10 games, even though it's against the astride, out of step Charlie. What's your philosophical big picture look at that type of uh, a question? Well, I, I don't think things will ever be the way they were uh, in the 60s and 70s when, you know, the idea was to build yourself a very strong running game, build yourself a defense, and just not hurt yourself with the pass. Those days are long, long gone, and the rule changes have ensured that. Uh, it, it's much easier for receivers to get open. It's easier for offensive linemen to block. Not that it's easy, but it's easier, mm -hmm. you know, for everyone to do their job on offense. And quarterbacks really have uh, gotten much better, and offenses have gotten more sophisticated. But uh, it, it will still take a balance. Yes. Uh, it will take a, a very good defense. You don't have to be great, but you have to be very good, and you have to be able to make some kind of – you can't kill yourself on special teams. And if you look at the NFL this year, probably, uh, you know, the, the two best teams in the AFC are the Chiefs and the Chargers. But when it comes to special teams, the Chargers have really had problems, not only this year, but the last few years. And I think that could cost them in the postseason. That could be a big issue for them. And the teams that do well in those areas have, have the better chance. You know, the, you talk about turnovers, getting the ball, and that was always Lovey Smith's thing. You got to get takeaways and things like that. The Bears with 26 interceptions. They have uh, so many takeaways. They're first in the NFL with 35. The amazing thing to me is with the way the rules are and everything, I don't know, this sounds like the most amazing stat. I've heard it earlier this week. I wrote it down. The Bears have been called all season with only one defensive holding penalty. It seems it seems like they're either they're not watching or Vic's teaching them how to how to hold without being called for it. Huh. Maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> I mean that really is an amazing number. Uh, but the the turnovers, uh, you know, you have strength up and down this defense, um, and and the additions that they made this year uh, with the, the rookie Roquan Smith just getting better every week. Um, and, of course, Khalil Mack, you know, what he's done. But my favorite player is Eddie Jackson. Hmm. I have long believed that the most instinctive position on the field is free safety. You, It's not a matter of following strategy. you got to, you know, of course, you got to know your team's game plan. But you have to be able to read every player on the field, and that's what a great free safety does, and that's what Eddie Jackson does. And you have to hope that this guy is going to be fully healthy by the time the playoffs come along. Well, he'll be replaced by a, a Dean Bush, and uh, the first blush, you know, go, oh my gosh, are we in trouble? And as you said, how valuable that free safety. People just say safety, Fred. I hate yeah. that. There's the box safety. It used to be called a strong safety. He's more up in the seven. He's the eighth man up, as we all know. And Steve, the center fielder, you know, the free safety back there, who was Eddie Jackson. But Dean Bush, now last year he was a lost puppy, and he said in some quotes this week, he'll be uh, filling in for Jackson, that, boy, I know so much more now than I knew a year ago. You can tell he had... At least from the, it seems like the confidence is there and uh, knowledge. That's got to be about 70, 80% of free safety, though, doesn't it? The knowledge of where to be, where to go, and the confidence to go for the big play when it's there for you. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen, but is it automatic that it's going to be a big drop off? I mean, you would think so, but maybe not. 
Well, I, I just am a big believer in Jackson. Oh, yeah. As a guy who just loves to play, yep. understands what everyone is doing on the field. I mean, you know, you'll see a couple of completions early, uh, you know, on, on plays that he might be able to get to, and he's just setting up a quarterback or a receiver to make a big play. And that's what the great safeties did. Um you know, Ronnie Lott, one of the all-time greats, the guy who played both safety positions, he certainly could do that. And uh, maybe my all-time favorite, Kenny Easley, whose huh. career was just way too short, uh, may have been even better okay. at it. So, uh, and, and then you got Ed Reed, right. who both of those players acknowledges as just having the most incredible instincts right. in the world. So. I think Eddie Jackson could be in that category, not in terms of a hitter, but in terms okay. of a playmaker. Well, 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 let me dovetail with this. Two weeks ago, they lose uh, number 37, Callahan, Bryce Callahan, nickel slot back. Yep. And, oh, mm -hmm. boy, and he'd been terrific. And now, excuse me for a living, I don't know anything, but I'm watching 27, Sharik McManus, and uh, he filled, came in in the third quarter of the injured game. And last week, looked like he was right where he was supposed to be, made some nice plays. He's a Northwestern guy. He's a oh, smart right. guy. You know, so, he knows where to go. So, I mean, he's uh, Callahan's been terrific, but they didn't seem to lose a beat. What did you see? with McManus? Well, what I see is I see a front seven that's so good that it, it, it makes it easier for a backup guy to come in who's been studying all year and practicing all year to come in and not screw up and make a few plays as well. Um, you know, just, you know it's, I started talking about the 84-85 Bears. There was a defense really where the secondary wasn't all that great. It may not have even been very good you know, good, but they were so good up front. Well, here you have a great front seven, and and maybe there's a little bit of a drop-off in the secondary with the backup guys, but they're quite good. And so anyone who comes in is going to come in with a lot of confidence because they know the guys up front are going to make life a lot easier and quarterbacks are going to be under pressure all game long. You know, Steve, for so long, uh, Bears fans have waited. Oh, why don't you blitz? Why don't you do this? And for years and years, they've said, we just want to get to the quarterback with our with our front guys. And even though it's a 3-4 system, you know, there's always going to be Floyd on the one side and Khalil Mack on the other. And when you got Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman, the, the pressure that they're getting on the quarterbacks and on the line up front and the way they're able to shut down running games, you're right. It makes that secondary so much better because all year long, leading up to the season, I kept saying they're bringing back their four defensive guys when you had, um, you know, Prince Mukamara and Fuller and Amos and uh, Eddie Jackson. I was always wondering if that was a good thing. Well, it turns out to be a really good thing when those front guys are getting pressure. Right, and you know that's been a, a truth in in pro football for a long, long time. If you had the consistent pressure up front, and you had a bunch of mean guys uh -huh. who are are going to get after the quarterback with an attitude and. You know, one sack does not satisfy you. It just, you know, uh, gets your appetite going, and, and that's what works. That, that's what they have now. Uh, you know, they built, a, a, you know, a really good locker room with, with Club Dub after the games. These guys really like playing with each other. And, uh, you know, if you look at the league, where's the dominant team? Huh. Um, and I don't know that the Bears are either, but I think by next year they will be. 
couple final minutes. Always appreciate once or twice a year. Steve Silverman has a few minutes for us. Everyone loves hearing Steve Silverman. Check him out at Bleacher Report, CBS Sports. Uh, Steve, let's bring in uh, executive producer Felix Reyes. Felix the Cat, uh, give us the results. We have a, a couple Twitter questions going throughout the show here, Steve. And uh, I put this one together. Some people say, quote, Trubisky so far is just a game manager. I think everyone, Fred, pretty much knows that phrase now, uh-huh. quarterback. So vote uh, A or B was our poll question, Steve. A, uh, just a game manager? Hey, that's a negative. Or, mm-hmm. no, 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 that's, that's a positive, you know, in some situations. Let's first bring in Felix. Which way the fans go? Do we have a 50-50 on this, or was it a runaway? No, it was a close one. Uh, I'll start with the lowest. The lowest was 43%. That's a negative. And then 57% with the lead is that's a positive. All right. Now, I'm surprised. I thought it would go the other way. 53% said, no, no, that's a positive. Let's eavesdrop here. Uh, Steve, I put your uh, ear right up to the phone there. Uh, Brian Urlacher was on the uh, Pen 1000 earlier this week. And uh, uh, Brian Urlacher was talking about game managing at the quarterback position. Let's listen. I like Mr. Biscay. You know, I've, been, I've always been a fan of the guys who can run around. And he, he has a great arm. We've seen that. Um, and he, just his mobility and the way he creates things outside the pocket, in the pocket when he runs. Uh, I, I don't this, – this game manager, is, is, that's not a term I would label him as. You know, they do so many different things on offense. Uh, he's asked to do a lot with the, with the ball handling and, the, and the, you know, just all the, the motions and everything. I think he's just going to keep getting better and better. The longer he spends with Coach Nagy, the better he's going to get. So I think that's going to be a good relationship going forward there. So, Steve, is the phrase game manager uh, always a negative? And how would you characterize at this point in his career uh, uh, quarterback Trubisky? So oh, I, I, I think, uh, you know, that's, that's a decent label. If you, can do, if you can manage a game well, you're going to give your team a chance to win nearly every week. So I don't think that... Um, it is really a terrible label, but I think mm-hmm. he's a lot more than that. I I remember I, I was on with you guys before the season started, and I said, you know, Trubisky has to prove quite a bit, and I think he has proven quite a lot this season. Um, you know, obviously the the greatest thing he does is use his legs to get away from the pass rush and buy time, or run with the football. He's doing a tremendous job of that. But he does have a very strong arm, and uh, I think he has a chance to, to be much better than he is now. I think, you know, there's some questions about his accuracy from time to time. And when he came back from that injury, you know, we saw him overthrowing the ball uh, a little bit, you know, with a shoulder injury, which I guess makes some sense. But if you have a shoulder injury, you might have a hard time following through and leave the ball high. But I think that uh, he's on track to become a very, very good quarterback, you know, not necessarily the most elite, but uh, far better than I thought he was going to be at the start of the season. You know, you know Steve, uh, you've followed the game for so long, uh, NFL reporter, author, you've written books, 
uh, I, I've been trying to explain to people because you know how it is with quarterbacks. It's always he's great or he sucks. I mean, it, it's a, that's the way they break it down. But he's a second-year guy. How, what was Drew Brees doing in his second year? What was Phillip Rivers doing in his second year? Tom Brady, we can go on and on and on. Just because Patrick Mahomes is really good in his second year, everybody's upset that Mitch isn't at that same level. And it's, it amazes me that people, it's like people have forgotten that that quarterback position is a tough position. I relate it a lot of times to pitching in baseball. It takes a while. You can be a great pitcher in the minor leagues. You get to the big leagues. It takes you a while to figure out how to do it on the next level. Well, I still contend that, you know, taking Trubisky was a big gamble because he didn't have the kind of college experience right. that, let's say, a guy like Drew Brees when he was at Purdue, you know, played every game basically for four years and he was you know, far more of a finished product, or, or at least you had a roadmap of where he was going. With Trubisky, you really didn't know. He looked good for one season, but what did that mean? You know, that they, they made a big gamble in bringing him aboard. Well, he is getting better. Yeah. He does have all the tools. He, I, he loves to play, and his teammates love to play with him. Unlike the previous quarterback, who you know, you know, who who was like going to work in a factory and putting in his time, and getting his paycheck. And, yeah. uh, there's more of those kind of players than you think. Yeah. But when it's your starting quarterback, that's not a good thing. Steve Silliman, one more thing on, on uh, Trubisky. Uh, we often uh, visit with Dan Shanka, uh, the uh, college draft expert uh, from our lads. I'm sure you know of or have talked to him over the years, and. He keeps say, he kept saying we had him on about a month or two ago about Trubisky. He said we had him, meaning our lads, we had him number one quarterback, you know, in that draft. Fine, and I said, you know, why? And here's what he said: He says he had the most accurate arm, you know, we'd seen in years or whatever his time frame was. Now, Steve, to you, a guy that follows all this. He has not had the accurate arm for whatever reasons. Could be the shoulder. Could be to know the playbook. But how can you go? Well, why? No, why? Why has he gone from the most accurate arm, this one scouting service our lads had seen in a long time, to uh, well, admittedly, uh, you know, some are pinpoint thread the needle, and some are hitting the ground and going over his head. Well, accuracy figures in college are a completely different thing than they are in the NFL. Because wide receivers in the college game, they're going to break five, seven, ten yards open. They're going to be wide open, and it's much, much easier to hit them. In the NFL, if you get a step and a half, you've got something to work with, and 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 that's you know that's the difference. And you, it takes a long time, um, especially when you don't have the kind of college experience, the number of games uh, that you play to to really get confident and, and to be able to take advantage of that. But I see with Trubisky, the guy is getting better. Uh, he's leading a winning team. Um, you know, his touchdown-to-interception ratio is good. It may not be great, but 23-12 to 12 is, is good. Uh, you know when he goes deep, he's going to get the ball there. There's a lot of excellent characteristics to work with. So uh, he, he's on his way. He's not there yet, but he's on his way. Steve, we'll spring you on your busy day. Uh, final thought, Kyle Long, first practice uh, yesterday. Fred, uh, Fred, you had some thoughts. I don't want to see Kyle Long on the, playing at the guard position in round one of the playoffs. He hasn't played all year long. 
You want to play game 17, good. Throw him a bone. I don't want to see him out there um, in, in the postseason, Steve. Well, as, as good as he has been throughout his career, and he's a very powerful man, you know, a, a great athlete for that position, there's been so many injuries, and they've taken a big effect on his ability not only to stay on the field, but, you know, he's not the same player that he was. Yeah. You know, offensive line is such a cohesive thing. It's a very difficult decision. Uh, you know, if he's at his best, um, and how do you know he will be at his best? But if he's at his best, I, I think he could play and be effective. The last thing not, I, then it affects all the cohesiveness. Yeah, the last thing I need is for one sack in the fourth quarter. Oh, Kyle Long gets beat. <laughs> so right. last thing I can, right. I can hear it now. And, and, that, and that's what football is. Yeah. You know, not only what you do, but when you do it, ah. you've got to be at your best in the fourth quarter. Witzman's actually, is that his name? Witzman yeah. has actually been, uh, to, to my eyes, doing an okay job, uh, fill, uh, almost an off-the-street I know he's played in the NFL, but he hasn't done terribly for a fill-in, has he? Well, I think, you know, you look at that whole offensive line with Bobby Massey and White yeah. here, Daniels, Charles Leno Jr., you know, not big names, but getting the job done, uh-huh. and, uh, it, it, that's, that's the key. They work well together. I love when they pull the center. You know, pull, pulling guard, we grew up with that. They throw that pulling center uh, white hair in there, too, don't they? And, uh, you know, there you have to give Matt Nagy a lot of credit for putting in a lot of plays that, mm-hmm. you know, we've never really seen in Chicago with the, you know, really big playbook. And it's and it's working. Hey, they, they've actually thrown a few slants this year, and I was in shock. And they catch the ball yeah. and, and stay on their feet. Yes, they do. <laughs> Some amazing things. A tight end that actually catches the ball and stays on his feet. They haven't had one of those in a long time. Steve Silverman, everything good at Bleacher Report, CBS Sports, Steve? Everything's fine. All right, my friend. <laughs> Happy holidays. Thank you so much. We all love hearing you. Talk to you soon, Steve. Uh, all right. Talk to you later, guys. All right. See you, buddy. He's the best. One we of the, did one of the many best. Yeah, we did so many. I went, I went down and I went and looked. In uh, 2002, we did Bears pregame shows, and uh-huh. uh, we did them because the Bears were in Champagne. So we did shows from Cams. They're closing Cams down in Champagne, the bar where they would actually in the morning, the next morning yeah. on Sunday mornings, they would hose the entire concrete floor because there was so much beer and I don't know what else on the floor. And then they would let us in at I that had, point. I had to do a remote from Cams. I think we were carrying U of I back. Basketball. Uh-huh. My feet stuck to the floor. Yeah. But that's okay. What college bar don't your doesn't your feet? Well, that's why if you got there, if, if you did the early <laughs> show, the first thing on Sunday morning, you'd have a few stragglers still out there, Get, and then they'd be hosing down the entire building. Get the mop. Yeah. Uh, hey, halfway home here. We'll get back on the Bears beat after a quick break. And I want to get the results of uh, this Twitter poll question. In 2016, Cubs win the World Series. Theo. At least in my opinion, got more credit than Joe Madden. 2018 Bears, vote now, A or B? A, Coach Nagy's getting more credit, or B, the general manager, Ryan Pace, is getting more credit. And uh, I've got the a couple of the under-the-radar big plays of the game. No one's talked about these plays from last week. Bears beat the Packers. Sounds so nice. I just wanted to say it again. Yeah, and don't forget, we're done. Uh, Black and Abdallah, a special uh, Saturday show from noon till 2. 
They got more talk. I'm sure college football will be touched by those two guys right after us here on ESPN. And what sports present do you want under your Christmas tree? Uh, Give us a call, 332-3776, ESPN 1000. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Smile from first-year head coach Matt Nagy, leading the Bears from bottom of the division to the top with his 10th win. It's the most by a Bears first-year head coach since George Hollis in 1920. And it's the Bears' 11th division title in the Super Bowl era. Last was in 2010 with his second-year quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, and his Bear-like defense. They put an end to the reign that Rodgers had on Chicago. And the 2018 Bears win the division and they're going to the playoffs. Oh, it sounded so nice. I wanted to hear it twice. Highlights Fox. Hey, Fred. That sounded good, didn't it? Yeah, sure did. Uh, Hadn't been in a while. Yep. 2010, like you said, and Chris mm-hmm. Myers in the call and... Uh, yeah, it'd be uh, this week. You get uh, everybody's favorite Tom Brenneman, uh, along with Chris Spielman, <laughs> uh, the call from San Francisco. Three oh five start. Uh, you had to ruin my day. Three oh five start for the uh, Bears and the Forty ers out at Levi Stadium. You still follow your uh, fa- favorite Forty Niners? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. What uh, watched them play last week? What can you uh, tell us about? Uh, you know what uh, we're going to see matchup. Uh, They're not going to be easy. Uh, Nick Mullins playing real well. The uh, Niners have won four. Uh, they they only have four wins this year. They're all at home, and uh, they've won back to back home games. And uh, they came back. They beat the Seahawks last week in overtime. Robbie Gold continues to kick field goals. Nick Mullins plays well. George Kittle, their, their uh, second year tight end, really good player. Um, they've got Matt Breida running back is tough. Also, Matt McGlinchey, uh, the uh, right tackle who's going up against Khalil Mack or Leonard Floyd, rated as the uh, top rookie offensive lineman. And uh, that's the same offensive lineman's draft where Quentin Nelson went in. He's with the Colts. So, uh, But, you know, Harry Heastad should know a little bit about uh, the positives of uh, Mike McGlinchey because he coached him in Notre Dame. So we'll see if he can, uh, you know, Khalil Mack can figure out how to get past the Mike McGlinchey <laughs> and uh, get to Nick Mullins. But, uh, yeah, they play hard. They play hard uh, for Kyle Shanahan. It's a good play caller. Uh, should be an interesting game, but it's not going to be. I don't. I would be surprised uh-huh. it would be an easy game for the Bears. Three three two three seven seven six. Any of our earlier topics? If you want to jump in, we'll get you in. We'll get Chad Murph and Fred till noon today. Quick thoughts, uh, Fred. Uh, two things on good old number thirty nine Eddie uh, Jackson uh-huh. free safety and. Uh, the end. This was sort of lost in a shuffle of so many things to talk about all week. I believe the last play of the uh, first half was a the hail mary pass uh, by Rogers, where he sort of tweaked something. Remember, yeah. they, they were, he hobbled around a little bit after that. But the hail mary pass almost looked like it was going to be successful. There was a cluster in the end zone. Yep. 
It was uh, Devontae from, Adams was wide open. Yeah, he actually moved in front of everybody. He was wide open to catch it. The ball was actually at midfield, around maybe the forty-eight uh, Bears forty-eight yard line, whatever. And uh, as we can recall, Rogers back there scrambled, buying time through the hail mary. And as you mentioned, there was a open man. Yeah, and uh, there were three. You know, there was about eight guys in the end zone, right. like four four Packers, and there were four Bears. And for a hot minute, it looked like it was going to be caught. It could have been, yeah. But from behind came Eddie Jackson, was yep. sort of behind him, and came around, and no flag, nope. you know, no pass interference, even though the uh, clock had sounded probably while the ball was in the air. You would have got first down right. at the, what, at two the one. or the one, yeah. right? Yep. With one more play to run. Sure. And he came around deftly and just touched it, poked it away. But then, all that... It was sort of, oh, no, when he gets injured. Yep. So to recap, it was uh, the Bears were up by 10. There was about three minutes to go in the game. And it was the uh, interception. In fact, they had just, uh, and boast, not boasted, that's the wrong word. They had just sort of proclaimed on Fox a couple times, this 412 passes in a row or whatever. You know? 402. 402. Yeah. Yep. How'd you know that? I, I, I know all those. 402 things. passes consecutively yeah. now for Aaron Rodgers and no interceptions. An and then the two plays later, well, he throws it in the end zone. Now, it was a tip, a tip by uh, Roquan, I believe. Roquan tipped it. At first, I thought it was 38 Amos. Yeah, uh, I thought it was. I thought it was the uh, tight end that had to go off his hands. But well, you know, I, I believe uh, they. they uh, I know they gave him It looked like it might have been Roquan. Whatever. Yeah. But it ends up in Jackson's hands. He's about, what, five yards deep. Yep. Now, Fred, I'll, paint, I'll set it up, then you tell me what maybe would have been a better idea. So, again, Bears up by 10. They put the ball in the end zone with a little over three minutes remaining. Two scores, 10 points. Bears ball, three, and three minutes, five seconds to go. And uh, what does Eddie do? Yeah, he decides to uh, run out of the end zone. Uh, which, to be honest with you, is something they've been doing all year long. Their goal when they get a ball is to go with it. So I, I, you can't hold it against them. But if he would have just downed it in the end zone, Eddie Jackson would still be healthy. Now he's not because he he went out about 10 yards and then decided, well, I'm just going to stop. And then when he went to stop, the turf monster jumped up and grabbed him and, and sprained his ankle. And uh, there you go. He's uh, going to miss this week. He'll probably miss next week so that he'll be ready for the first game of the playoffs. Well, as I recall, you're exactly right. He came out of the end zone, yeah. misguided to do that. Sure. So, as you say, they do that. Okay, whatever. Let's well, talk. yeah, their goal, in practice, they do it all the time, even in Bourbon A. Anytime there's a ball on the ground, anytime there's an interception, they take it and they go the other way. But that's stupid. Yeah. Here's why. It was 10 points. Yep. That's two scores. Yep. Three minutes to go. You take the knee, you get the ball at the 20, you run some clock. Yep. Now, I will say there's also ego involved. And oh, I sure. Anytime he's, anybody he's thinking, intercepts something. I'm going to go 105 yards yeah. because he's already got, what, the five returns for scores. Three, Over the last two years, yeah. Right, three picks and two fumble recoveries, yeah. and they've all been like 40, 50, 60, 70 yards. He sees, here's what he saw when you said the turf monster, which is correct. But yeah. here's what happens. Because I just watched it again yesterday. So he picks the ball. He's about four yards deep, whatever. And he looks up. And there's two big, slow Packer linemen yep. just ahead to the right. He thinks the left is wide open. Oh, I can out. Certainly he's going to outrun those two big right. uh, offensive linemen. He doesn't know that there's two 
DBs were down deep in the far corner out of his way back there. So he comes out, sees the lineman right away, goes to the left, and then all of a sudden coming from the left from behind him, one or two, I think there were two cornerbacks, DBs. Well, no, they'd be wide receivers. Cause, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Two wideouts coming. Right. Oh, oh, that's when either the turf monster got him. He was just said, I'm going to just slide, or he yeah. was trying to make a move. Just take the knee. Right. I know you're right for they teach him. Back, back with Lovey. Yep. Pick sure. the ball up and run. Take Pick it the and ball go. up, even though the ball yep. is just a dead, incomplete pass at Bourbonnet. Yep. They do it all the time. Take it and go, and they, uh, if he would have just downed it. But then again, he didn't. So you need to get him back because in two weeks huh. you've lost Bryce Callahan and yeah. Eddie Jackson. Sure, uh, Sherrick McManus yeah. I like a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure about Deion Bush. We'll see. He'll be tested tomorrow. Oh, yeah. uh, but it helps when you have, as we were talking with Steve Silverman, it helps when you have a defensive line that can get after the quarterback and rush the QB sometimes. The Bears never even... Uh, I don't mean rush him by trying to get to him. I mean make him do things yeah. faster. The Bears yeah. don't even... Vic doesn't even have to blitz the fifth man. No, he tries not to. I believe we read that they only sent five men three times in the entire game. Was that right? I think I read that right. Yeah. Or, or a, a blitz to the fifth man maybe three times and only in his... I think the whole game I read. That's amazing. And what you're saying, Fred, of course, is you get pressure with the front four. Yeah, here's what it was. Uh, they never brought more than five rushers, um, meaning uh, they always had six in coverage uh, for the whole game. So, And they didn't bring five all that often. I think it was Seven just a in few coverage. times. Seven plus four is 11. Seven in coverage. If they only bl- they they rushed the regular front four. The four men rush. Yeah, what I'm saying is they never brought more than five. Oh, yeah. So they, they always had at least oh, six. No, but yeah, and they only did that yeah. three times. Yeah, I think it was a little bit more, but that... You got yeah. front four putting pressure. Right. Quarterback's got to get rid of the ball, and you got seven guys back in coverage. Yep. Let's go to 3-3, uh, 3-3-2, uh, three, three, John's next in rolling Meadows. Johnson. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, John. Good morning. Hey. Uh, Johnson, I like that. Um... Going into the playoffs, did, did, I think if, if if I'm sitting back and I'm New Orleans and, and let's say we have home field advantage throughout, the team that would probably scare me the most coming in would be uh, the Seahawks. Uh, Wilson, um, I don't think there's a venue out there that scares Wilson. And, you know, I'm sure he'd like to get back to the Super Bowl and make up for that dumb pass that he threw that got kicked off in the end zone at the two-yard line. Right. Uh, that Russell Wilson in the playoffs will be a very dangerous weapon will you be in more, their backfield. I mean, uh, you know, Russell Wilson. So you you would rather play Minnesota maybe in the first game than a Seattle? Yeah. Okay. Because I don't know about playing well, teams back to back. Well, you, you know, if Minnesota wins out, they'll be here in Chicago, right? And and that's going to be a very tough test for the Bears. Uh, Minnesota will have some wind under their sails coming in then. And that'll be a tough one. The interesting game would be Seattle at Dallas. If Seattle gets by Dallas, they would go to they would go to New Orleans, wouldn't they? Um No, New Orleans is gonna get a bye. No, but I mean in the second round. No. Doesn't the winner of that Dallas game go to New Orleans? That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. That you know that that Dallas game would be very interesting because I think Seattle would have more success against the Saints 
in New Orleans than Dallas would because of their quarterback situation there. The Bears going out to L.A., you know, L.A.'s going to be licking their chops. They're going to want to show the Bears what they can do at home. Um, yeah, the Bears are confident. Yeah. Bears are confident after after knocking them their off. Their defense is very confident, yeah. but can can our young quarterback win on the road in big games? Thanks. I haven't seen that yet, so hey, we'll hey, see. Good call. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Phone again, buddy. Three three two three seven seven six. Here's uh, the way the uh, Tribune breaks some of this down. The Bears, now this is interesting, Fred. The Bears would win a tiebreaker with the Saints if they both finished 12 and 4 by virtue of their the Bears' superior record against NFC opponents. Also, the best uh, realistic case is for the uh, Bears, uh, would, if, they also would hold the tiebreaker over the Rams. Because they beat the Rams. Uh, because they uh, head-to-head. Head-to-head comes first. Uh, the Bears don't have the head-to-head with the Saints, but if they both finish 12-4, and four, the Bears would win that tiebreaker also Yeah, the thing is, because though, of conference. Yeah, the thing is that, they're, that New Orleans is a game ahead of them now. Well, no, if they, right. if they both all right. end up 12-4. and four. Yeah. No, exactly. It's a long shot, but uh, that's the way that would break down. And again, we uh, mentioned earlier, and Fred nailed it along with our buddy Mark Potash at the Sun-Times. He picks the rest of the way. He's got the 49ers this week, the Bears a W. Game 16 versus at the Vikings a loss. Then in the playoffs, he's got the Bears matching up with the Seahawks. Uh, first uh, game with a W, then beating the Vikings, and then losing at New Orleans. You sort of agreed with that scenario, Fred. Uh, I mean, his scenario, right. you called what he was uh, picking ahead yeah. of time. It was a play in the uh, game. It was the actually uh, the key uh, touchdown here. It's fourteen fourteen, and this this play really piqued my interest. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, it was fourteen uh, fourteen. It's going to be uh, the touchdown pass to Trey Burton. All right, Trey yep. Burton's lined up, split a little bit at left tight end, and uh, it's a, on the thirteen yard line. It's fourteen fourteen, fourth quarter, about the ten minute mark, and the Bears have the ball down on a Packer. 13, it's second and eight. And uh, all of a sudden, it's no longer 14 14. It's Bears touchdown 21 14. Trubisky protected for the end zone. Touchdown! Trey Burton. That's aggressive. He was wide open, Fox. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, he was. Uh, he went basically just down straight and then cut to the, uh, he was on the left side, yeah, cut left out route. towards yeah. the, uh, behind the pylon, boom, wide open. Now, yeah. so here's why it tickled my heart. Back years ago, we'd be uh, visiting with Doug Buffon and after the game, the Bears would have lost and they never could score in the red zone, remember? Right, right. And do you remember the phrase... Doug Buffon would always use, this was from George Hallis, and back when Doug played, he was on defense, but the offense, Doug would say, we don't have a striker play. <laughs> Remember that? We yeah, need a now that you say it, they striker do, yeah. play. Yeah. And then OB, because he was in that era with Hallis, right. oh, we don't have any striker play. Yep. And I'd hear this and hear this, and I figured out eventually what they meant was a red zone play where you pass the ball quick. And into the end zone. Not a five-yard little swing where you get in. Uh, right. A striker. You strike. Boom.
boom, and you're passing into the end zone for a touchdown and uh, usually a quick out move, you know, and a guy, or, or right over the middle. Yeah. So this was back in, you know, in the late 90s or whatever. I was living about two blocks from the, uh, it's, now it's called the Chicago History Museum. Right. You know, 1600 North uh, Clark, uh, North and Clark. Now it's called, it used to be the Chicago Historical Society. Right. And they had a big display, and I walked over. And it was, uh, you know, Chicago sports right. uh, history. And they had, you know, a whole little area there, the Cubs and the Sox and the Bulls and the Blackhawks in college, and then and the Bears area. And I'm over there, and they got, you know, Bronco Nagurski's spikes. Sure. You know, and Gail Sayers' jersey, number 40. And, you know, and I'm walking around, and I'm looking, and there's one. And they got the little uh, sign there, and it says, George Hallis, 1938 uh, playbook. Okay. And it's like this leather thing, and it's opened up just randomly into the middle, and it's all these notes he's got. These are all his plays and his notes. Papa Bear. Yeah. And uh, ironically, not coincidentally, ironically, the the pages, the two pages open, it was like five by eight. Right. A little notebook, you know, and uh, old paper, and, you know, the pencil or black ink and the top of the page that it's open to says striker plays there you go striker plays i go that's what buffon is always talking about and he had about seven or ten uh, striker plays and uh you know insight now they didn't even call it the red zone then they didn't know that right. uh i like to call it the green zone but that hasn't caught on yet in 25 years so i guess it never will but uh but this was the striker play. I don't know what they call it now. Trubisky protected for the end zone. Touchdown. Yes. Trey Burton. That's aggressive. That would Fox. That would have been great if he said the striker play. Yeah, but he, he, he didn't know. But you know what? They have a striker play now. Yeah. When did you see John Fox with a striker play? Lovey never had one all those years back. This guy's got everything covered. Uh, someone in the press conference, how about that striker play, coach? I bet he would know the phrase. Even well, I, don't know. A, I don't know. I don't know if he would or not. Well, if JD, He's probably renamed it. Well, if J.D. got it, but I bet you he'd know what it meant. Because yeah. this guy's a historian, I believe. Also, Nagy, right. as well as as current as they come. Hey, we're a few minutes away from Bears Talk with one of our favorite guys out there, our show over at Pro Football Weekly. Lots to do, Murph and Fred, till noon. Glad you're with us, ESPN 1000. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with a might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois. Chicago Bears, bear down. Murph and Fred on a bear Saturday. A few minutes away from uh, Bears Insider over there. Arthur Arkush follows everything at Pro Football Weekly. And, uh, you know, you look back a year ago, Fred, 
And, uh, you know, John Fox. Yuck. Lame duck. He, what do I know? You know, I'm not a head coach. Uh-huh. I was never a head coach in a Super Bowl like the fo- Foxy. Right. But it, it really seemed like he didn't have any idea what to do with uh, Cohen last year, what to do with Trubisky. Uh, well, they didn't have enough offensive weapons, and their goal was to make sure they don't turn the ball over. I know. You're so right. they did not, they did not uh, try to push the envelope because coaches' goals are not to improve the squad for the following year. It's to get wins. No, you're right. Try to win games, and I that's know. that's what all, all uh, head coaches are trying to do. Unless you're a guy just brought in and and they tell you, listen, you've got this many years and you can build. And, you know, Fox pretty much knew that, uh, you know, the only way he had a chance to stick around is if they won games last year. You know, the uh, and you and I have wrestled with this for years. And it's finally mainstream coming along phraseology. And Lovey drove me nuts. He'd always talk about turnovers. Uh Uh-huh. He said, we need more turnovers. Well, he meant we need more takeaways. Right. Turnover could be a takeaway or a giveaway. Yep. They're both called turnovers. And Lovey, we need, we need, we need turnovers, turnovers. Well, he meant takeaways, and he never f- verbalized it. And it used to drive me nuts because what he was doing was he was not putting any credence into the flip side, the antithesis, if you will, of uh, don't give up the ball. Right. Don't lose the ball. We don't want to do giveaways. You never, and I sometimes worried a little bit about this now. You have the, all the great stats. The Bears lead the league in takeaways. Number, yeah, number one in takeaways with 35. Number one in turnover margin with uh, uh, 13. 13, exactly. Number one with interceptions with 26. But you know what? Even though they lead in uh, overall... They are seventh from the worst in the most giveaways. I pulled that up the other night and was like counting. So they're giving the ball away. Uh, seventh most in the league. Okay. Though they do have the plus 13 because they got so many takeaways. Uh, it offsets their seventh most giveaways. Right. So I just you know hope that... Uh, now remember when Howard coughed up that... Big fumble. Yep. Uh, at the one. And, lo- and they, uh-huh. they lost that game eventually, if I'm not mistaken. And Tariq Cohen fumbled in midfield that game also. Right? Yep. Right. Now, Howard hasn't fumbled since, best of my recollection. Yeah. And he's got that ball. He's got that loaf of bread between the two. I don't think, you know, of course, now he will. But he's got that in his head. I'm not, right. I'm not coughing this thing up anymore. So just a little side thing. Uh, remember, it's not turnovers. It's takeaways, giveaways. Well, and they finally fixed something that you've been, you were upset with for years. Good. Uh, because for well, years they called it the turnover ratio. So that turnover margin, it's oh. not a ratio. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. The ratio would be two to one, three to one, four to one. And, and uh, it's the turnover margin. Uh huh. And uh, the Bears' turnover margin is plus 13. So. Oh, that must have been an old what's, yeah. what's your beef. That would have been it. <laughs> that would have been it. What's up, friends? Ken, tomorrow, right? At noon? Yeah. Well, no, before? nine to noon. We're, oh, okay. we're, yeah, like we're on always. earlier. Yeah. All right. We got a game tomorrow yeah. at noon that we're okay. having, so we'll be on nine to noon. Okay, which cool. is fine because we time to go home, relax, yeah. and, and not yeah. miss the opening kickoff like yeah. I usually do. I think I'm going to like the three o'clock start. Right? Yeah, yeah. Three oh five first uh, mm-hmm. kick, and that'll be nice. Right. Take a break. Back in a flash hour number three. <laughs> Don't miss Arthur Arkish next from Pro Football Weekly. Murph and Fred, ESPN one thousand.
Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Murph, Fred, one minute away from Arthur Arkish Pro Football Weekly. Hope you're having a great Saturday. We're about uh, 24, 28 hours away from kickoff tomorrow. Gonna be 50 degrees on Thursday. How do you like that? Yep. Too hot. I know you like it cold, but uh, oh, 50's fine. 50's okay, yeah, right? 50's okay. <laughs> I'm a fan of 50. You know the best thing about the uh, Bears playing uh, so uh, well, exciting talk about. You know the best thing about this whole Bears thing is, don't you? What? Yeah, uh, you know. No, we don't have to talk about the Bulls tanking and all that. No, oh. That'll come up long uh, soon enough. A more reason for the Bears to yeah. keep playing. Yeah. Keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. Yeah, the longest they can uh, play is in the fe- into February. Fine. So. Do it. Yep. Do it. For many reasons, one of which, don't have to do any Bulls tanking. Give us a call. Do you want them to tank or not? Let's let's talk a little bit. Let's go over to the main desks over there at Pro Football Weekly. Let's bring in Arthur Arkush. It's Murph here, Arthur Fred alongside. Thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. What's going on, guys? Happy uh, happy weekend. Same to you. Happy holidays. And uh, so I'm not sure it can be any happier than last week when they won the NFC North. That uh, that was that was the <laughs> happiest weekend uh, until the until the playoffs. I guess right. Yeah, pretty awesome uh, for sure. Uh, kind yeah. of a culmination of what really truly has been a breakthrough season, and uh, mm. uh, kind of cool that you know I, I got the sense for sure in that locker room after the game that uh, the Bears really kind of expected that and felt like there are bigger goals in front of them. So it's always cool that uh, this isn't a young team that that you know you sense is resting on its laurels at all. Arthur Arkish, Arthur, let me here's a, here's a broad question. You can go any direction you want. You know, there's no right or wrong. What's the most surprising thing to you so far, you know, with the Bears since since uh, training camp, you know, since Bourbonnet? And, uh, and this could be a, a pinpoint uh, rifle shot answer or it could be a shotgun uh, wide all encompassing answer. So uh, go where you want. What's the most surprising thing to you? Well, I, I expected this defense to be good, no doubt, uh, with the continuity it has and, and with the talent and, and sort of the, the way this thing has been building in recent years. But uh, the, the level at, at which they're taking the football away and, and, and taking games over uh, is, you know, totally stunning. I mean, just the, the 35 combined takeaways are, are more than, you know, the number two and number three scoring defenses combined in the Ravens and the Titans. And a good example will come Sunday. The 49ers have five takeaways in 14 games. That's amazing. Right. I mean, that, that's the kind of, you know, the kind of futility that would have made the Bears defenses of the past couple years pretty, you know, appear dangerous. But uh, it's easy to forget, guys, <laughs> that it was what? I think three consecutive seasons the Bears had, had, had matched their franchise futility mark uh. Uh, in terms of takeaways. And then just to have this sea change uh, has been unbelievable. Now, the one thing I will caution people it's a fickle stat. I mean, look at the Baltimore Ravens were number one in the NFL in takeaways last season. As I said, I think they're number 30 this year. So um, you maybe don't want to get too used to it, but you certainly want to enjoy it while it's happening. And, uh, you know, guys like Kyle Fuller and Eddie Jackson, the, the development and uh, the consistency really has been a, a joy to watch. There's no doubt about it. You know, for years, I always had to – they always said that Lovey would would try to coach – takeaways and coach creating turnovers i always thought that was hard to do um, <laughs> is it is it possible for them to do those things other than the peanut punch i mean how else do you work on you know taking the ball away 
Yeah, you know, good question. I I, I think you harp on it, and uh, you can practice your, your fundamentals and, and make sure you're improving your ball skills and your technique to put yourselves in position to, to take balls away and interceptions, especially fumble returns are even more, or excuse me, fumble recoveries are even more random. Right. Um, but I, I think it's just sort of the convergence of, uh, again, this thing has been building for a little bit. Uh, you knew the talent was there. You know the coaching is there. But then there's also a little bit of luck involved. There's no doubt about it. And uh, you know what they say, it's better to be lucky than to be good. Yep. Uh, the, the Bears have been enjoying this thoroughly. And uh, it's what gives them uh, a recipe where I think at this point, you know, if I said it a couple months ago, people would be rolling their eyes. But uh, the Bears is legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I don't think anyone should be discounting that uh, that, that premise at this point. Arthur, we have a, a Twitter poll question. I'm going to bring in uh, Felix right now, Felix Reyes, to give us uh, the results from the fans. I know you uh, you and uh, Pop over there, so I sort of have a, a sort of Cubs-Bears type of a slant here. Work with me, if you will. The question was this. It's been on board since about 8 o'clock this morning. We got some good uh, volume coming in. Can't wait to hear what the fans have said. My premise is that uh, here's how it sets up. 2016 Cubs World Series, Theo, the general manager, seems to have uh, received more credit than the manager, uh, Joe Madden. 2018 Bears, question mark. Nagy's getting more credit. Nagy uh, head coach or uh, Pace. Ryan Pace is getting more credit. So uh, you have to go with me that I thought Theo got more credit in 2016 the World Series than Joe. That that could be debated. Uh, but uh, let's bring in Felix. Uh, Felix, the cat, uh, what the fans say? Is Nagy getting more credit right now or is Pace getting more credit? How'd the fans vote? Alright, at 26% Pace is getting more credit. And with the lead, a 74% Nagy is getting more credit. Thanks, Felix. Interesting. The, the sort of point, uh, premise being that, uh, when the Cubs won the World Series, Theo, Theo, and hey, he put together the World Championship team. You know, can't ever discount that. Joe, you know, had a couple maybe, uh, speed bumps in the World Series. Are you surprised to hear the, uh, how would you have voted if I can ask, or are you surprised by the voting? Three-fourths saying, you know, Nagy's getting the credit, uh, not the general manager who put the team together, Arthur. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I, I think I probably would have voted the same way, and I think there are a few elements at work here. Uh, you know, maybe first and foremost, I think, is sort of the juxtaposition between what Matt Nagy has brought to the city versus maybe what John Fox did. Uh, I'm not trying to pile on Fox or anything like that, but I just think this brand of football is so much more exciting. Uh, it's so much more daring, and it, frankly, it just feels so much more competent that to go back-to-back that way uh, from Fox to Nagy, I think that's been a huge part of it. Uh, certainly the, the, you know, the, the uh, kind of very specific handling with Mitch Trubisky, the way those guys work one-on-one together, and uh, the huge strides we've seen from Mitch has been a big part of it. And then, of course, it's the fact that Ryan Pace has been here for a while. It's been four years, and he kind of, uh, you know, some were surprised that he got that contract extension as Fox was being shown the door. And um, there's just a newness, I think, involved with Matt Nagy that uh, maybe would have people gravitate toward him a little bit more. Uh, I would also say, though, that I think it would be a mistake to, to you know, kind of undersell at all uh, what Ryan Pace has done here because you're now seeing the fruits of his labor over a several-year process. You're seeing kind of the vision that he had uh, just in the way that this roster has come together. And, guys, this this to me looks like it's built, well, it's, I say built to last, but that's relatively speaking in the NFL, which is a week-to-week league, of course. But 
uh, when you've got the QB on the, you know, on the cost control contract for a couple more years, you've got a defensive MVP candidate, uh, and just all these nice pieces surrounding them. There's no reason to think that this thing uh, can't remain real competitive and that the Bears aren't going to be a force for at least the next couple of years while Mitch is on this rookie deal. Yeah, you mentioned that, and you, you caught yourself there for a second because this is a tough thing. I mean, you can have the guys there, and, uh, you know, the cost-controlled quarterback is a big thing, but, you know, we've seen over the last two or three years this Bears organization had more injuries than any team in the NFL. Um, right. Just the last two weeks, they've lost – Bryce Callahan and Eddie Jackson. Uh, yeah. Fortunately, the Jackson injury comes at a time where hopefully they can they can handle it because they've got these two games remaining and they're hoping he'll be back for the postseason. But this is such a strange league, and I know for years and years people kept telling me you can't blame injuries. You got to be prepared. It's tough to have backups at positions. I mean, it, it this is a sport where you barely have enough money. Uh, you you got to hope that one of your guys, you know, the old saying, "Next man up." That's a it's a nice phrase, but rarely does it happen that the next man up really gets you to where you need to be. Yeah, I mean, great point by you, no question. Uh, the Bears arguably the most injury riddled team uh, up until this season over the past three or four year stretch, at least as banged up as any club in football with impactful uh, guys in absences and whatnot. So um, there's a lot of luck involved there too, and I believe it's cyclical. Uh, all due respect to Jason Lascalzo, the head of the strength and conditioning there at Hallis Hall, who, who you know by all accounts has done a really nice job. I don't want to uh, take away from what he has done, but there's a lot of luck involved here. But there's also kind of making your own luck by having good depth pieces in place. And I don't know about you guys, but I was very impressed with Sherrick McManus yeah. last week, the first time in. Uh, you know, obviously for Bryce Callahan. Remember, the Bears went two and zero, granted against some inferior talent. Uh, without Khalil Mack and Allen Robinson earlier this season. They were able to split uh, their games without Mitch Trubisky. So the next men up have been rising to the occasion, and it is the reason I'm so excited to see Deion Bush play uh, Sunday and see what he can mm. do in Eddie Jackson's place. But, uh, yeah, a lot of luck involved, and anyone who wants to point to the Eagles last year with Nick Foles and the storybook finish and the Super Bowl MVP, well, great. That's awesome, and, and Foles deserves a ton of credit, but it is absolutely the exception to the rule, and you don't see that type of stuff very uh, very often at all in the NFL. Arthur Arkins, what's going on at Pro Football Weekly? The fans can join in. Uh, yeah, well, we're uh, running a great sale right now for uh, for our Bears coverage, $20.18. We're celebrating their uh, division championship and, and just this great ride they've been on. So you can get an entire year of our Bears coverage at Pro Football Weekly for just uh, just under 21 bucks right now. We think it's a pretty remarkable deal. And uh, we also, of course, continue to try and cover uh, the entire league to the best of our ability. So uh, we'd love it if people could come check that out because we're just having so much fun breaking down this team. And, uh, again, they feel like there's a lot more ahead this season. And uh, uh, we have no reason to, to necessarily disagree at this point. Sounds like a little bear fan in the background right there. <laughs> yes, he was very quiet for the first uh, yeah, 75% or whatever we got here. So. Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah, did you get him Cubs uh, stuff for the holidays uh, to wear, or is he you got to let him make his own decision, north or south side? Oh, gosh, no, that decision has been made for him, and he's uh, been enjoying it. But, uh, yeah, he's got about as much Cubs swag uh, as I think he can handle right now. So uh, we, did, we did some things a little bit differently this year. I can't wait to uh, to get to Christmas and just see how much fun he has by the tree. Arthur, the uh, wide receivers. I remember, Fred, I don't know if I ever brought this up. 
about two, three years ago. You know, one of the experts, I'm talking about a, a real expert, uh, like, uh, you know. Uh, like uh, Arthur. Well, no, 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 no I, I didn't mean that. But, you know, <laughs> a, a, a Super Bowl coach. Or one oh, of the, I got you. I one got of you. the general managers uh-huh. that's now in media, you know, that, that's been around for, you know, 20, 30 years, a successful general manager or a head coach who's now, you know, behind a microphone guy. It's funny. They all hate the guys behind the microphone until they're out of work, and then they love behind the microphone, well, right? John, yeah, John Fox said this week he le- he he had did a really good job in the last several years yeah. of not saying anything, and now he actually has to say things. <laughs> right. So it's interesting. Yeah, we'll bite our tongue for one moment on that till Arthur's gone. Then we can talk more about Mr. Foxy. But here's what the expert said. He said, when you're rebuilding an NFL team, when you're rebuilding, he said the last, I found this fascinating, he said the last thing you do is acquire the wide receivers and your receivers. In other words, you build your blocks. You get the building blocks. You have your new general manager three years ago, Ryan Pace. You start building this. You build that. You build this. And this expert said, and the last thing you do is plug in the wide receivers. He didn't give a reason why, but it made, you know, I said, that's it. I got to think about that. Well, this is exactly coincidence or not. What uh, uh, Ryan Pace did this year, all of a sudden, he brings in free agents. He brings in Allen Robinson. He brings in Taylor Gabriel. He brings in uh, Trey Burton, who's more than just a tight end, you yep. know. And, and he side drafts in the second round Anthony Miller. And I'm going, well, by gosh, that's exactly what whoever that guy was two or three years ago. Was this just a quirk? Uh, do you think that this was something that uh, uh, Ryan Pace had sort of uh, planned along? You know, I'm going to plug in these wide receivers when we're ready to roll. Yeah, I would imagine that's more coincidence. I believe the evaluator was Bill Polian who said that. And, yes, it uh, was. It was. Thank you. Yeah, and, yeah, of course. And, you know, he's in the Hall of Fame. I'm not uh, doubting his credentials or that that, you know, that that process worked for him. But I guess what I'd point out is that since Bill has been running uh, front offices, the NFL has changed so much, and now there's this new rookie weight scale. And I, guys, I think you could argue maybe you put the quarterback in place last. Again, I just I, I don't think you can overstate the importance of having these uh, the most important player in the sport on those rookie deals. It just it offers you so much flexibility elsewhere in the way that you build up a roster. So, um, you know, I, it, it, it totally just I think it's such a case by case thing. And, and in the Bears' case this year, yes, of course, bringing in that influx of uh, pass catching talent last has worked out really well but i mean gosh they also you know traded for a defensive mvp candidate and made kyle fuller yeah. a top five corner uh-huh. in his position so it's not like that was uh you know the singular focus of this uh wildly successful offseason for ryan pace it was a big part of it no question uh but a lot of other big pieces uh you know that are keys to the success here as well well you may have a good point too and on the uh defensive side i think there's only bryce callahan and one other player that's not under contract for next year I think everybody pretty else. awesome, right? Yeah, yeah Adrian Amos, um, right. and I. You know, there, there's going to be some, uh, you know, some nice supplementary pieces. I think that they should absolutely should re-sign Aaron Lynch. He has been an underrated cog here. Uh, I want to say guys like I think Roy Robertson Harris is going to be a restricted free agent. So again, some nice uh, secondary pieces that they're going to have to deal with as well. Uh, but Bryce Callahan is going to be the trickiest one, and frankly, I thought that even before the broken foot, just because you kind of knew. Uh, that those durability concerns were there even before they came to the forefront. So yeah. um, we, we've talked about it on this show, guys. He is maybe my favorite player to watch on the Bears, just such a tenacious guy and doesn't know uh, that he has no business playing that aggressively at his size. But 
Um, yeah, what they do with Bryce Callahan is, is going to be really fascinating. Uh, but your point remains. I mean, the fact that they don't have a ton of big decisions and, of course, the fact that they also don't have a first or second round draft pick. They're going to have a little bit of, uh, of money that they wouldn't have normally had. you got to reserve for that first rounder that uh-huh. I think they're going to have to decide uh, how they want to spend elsewhere. And one other big decision, guys, he will be under contract next season. Uh, but Leonard Floyd's fifth-year option decision will be due in, in the spring. And uh, I still don't feel like that's a foregone conclusion, but I do think that having no dra- uh, first-rounders each of the next two years is going to be a well, big part uh, of that decision for yeah, Ryan Pace. He's working on it. I mean, if, if last week's game was any indication of his continued progress, I mean, yeah, when he when, when he made that tackle and then he, he started pointing to his watch, not that he was wearing a watch, but pointing to his wrist, <laughs> saying, you know, maybe, you know, Aaron, that was, a Fitbit. That was his Fitbit. Yeah, Aaron, your time is up. Uh, that was pretty cool. You like to see, you like to see him and, you know, it seems like it's taken him a little while, but I think, uh, I think over the last four or five games, there's not many people out there who could give a lot of criticism to uh, Leonard Floyd. Oh, man. Yeah. And I love it that people are kind of, uh, I think that the astute Bears fan is now seeing that even though Leonard Floyd hasn't been filling up the stat sheet, you know, for the past six, seven weeks, whatever it's been, this thing has been a, a gradual uh, growth for him ever since he's gotten better from uh, the, the broken wrist that he was dealing with earlier in the season. And yeah, he's playing tremendous football. And of course, the past couple of weeks, you can just look at the stat sheet and yeah. tell you don't even have to see the little stuff in between, uh, uh, you know, in between the splash play. Arthur, I hear uh, our music in the background, so a couple of quickies, then we'll spring it to go order some more Cubs swag for the little one sure. there. Uh, uh, quarterback Trubisky, now this is just my eyeball sitting in the old lazy boy. Seemed like he a couple times actually looked off the primary and was looking around a little more. Did, did, did I just imagine that, or did that seem like something once or twice you might have noticed, or what? Oh, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's definitely getting better. He's getting more comfortable in going through his progressions. His decision-making mm-hmm. uh, is getting better. His pocket presence as well. So uh, very pleasant uh, developments, but not necessarily a huge surprise. Matt Nagy, the day he got here, laid out a timeline uh, that he felt was going to be in line with where Mitch Trubisky's growth would go. Uh, and, guys, if you're excited about the way he's playing now, uh, just keep in mind that Matt Nagy still says he's kind of on the ground floor, if you will, of a four- or five-story uh, kind of build mm-hmm. here that we've got going on. So. Uh, I don't think Mr. Bisky's anywhere near his ceiling yet. Well, I was going to uh, uh, jump on that. You just answered. Uh, you just gave me a, a, a final wrap-up here. What percentage of Nagy's playbook is now installed? In fact, Felix, we put that up earlier this morning as a Twitter poll. Let's first see what the fans say. The question was, fellas, what percentage of the Matt Nagy playbook, you know, it's the size of the Chicago phone book, is uh, already <laughs> installed in the option? I don't know the answer. The option is uh, uh, to vote 20%, 40%, 60%, or 80% already installed, and Trubisky having knowledge of how much of the playbook. Felix, why the fans vote there, please? All right, the fans voted. 7% are saying 20%. 20% are saying 80%. Hmm. 28% are saying 40% of it. Hmm. And then in the lead with 45% is 60% of in, the playbook. In other I'm words, confused. In other words, nobody has a clue. So I. <laughs> I, I believe. What was the 20, 20% got 7% of the vote? Is that uh, That is correct, yes. I believe it's 20%. That's just me. I have nothing to base that on. Fred, do you want to take a whack? I say 60%. All yeah. right, let's bring in. Now we're really putting you. Now you're going to earn your pay here, which you, of course is a, a nice and uh, gratis. It's gratis, yeah. <laughs> Arthur, what do you think? You've been around the game a long time. How much of this playbook is really in? 
Guys, I am 100% confused by this uh, poll question. <laughs> me too. Me too. I, I, it was Ryan Pace who said we're on 4-1 of a four-story build. So I guess that would be roughly, what, 25% of the playbook would be in. I know it sounds crazy because he's got all these awesome gadgets mm-hmm. near the goal line uh, we've been having so much fun with. But, uh, yeah, I really think we're just scratching yeah. the surface here, guys. Maybe, you know, somewhere 25 35 45%. There's a long way to go. Uh, and very encouraging to see the way that Mitch is handled as we've gone along here. Well, I'm going to say it's a five-story building. It's the first, that means 20%. That's what I voted for. <laughs> but imagine, regardless what it is, this playbook has not even begun to get into the intricacies and the backup backups to this. If they do this, we do this. It might be something that is going to just keep growing and uh, we can only hope. Arthur, thanks for over uh, extending, over extending your uh, uh, time here. We really appreciate it. Happy holidays and, and, uh, uh, tell the old old man to get buy a new Cubs shirt. One he wears all the time. My gosh! I'll do that. He actually just gave me an idea, so now I've got work to go out and do. And uh, guys, very very happy holidays to Thanks. you and your listeners as well. Thanks so much for having get me. Some, it's, uh, it's always my pleasure. Yeah, get Thanks, some new Arthur. swag for Pop. Thanks, it's Arthur Arcus. <laughs> Check out Pro Football Weekly. Always some good stuff there. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask him that. You know, is it the chicken or the egg? It's, it's a, a sports question. You never, there's no, you know, winning, which comes first, winning yep. or the, or the spirit and the uh, mojo and the, 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 the vibe that's going on. I asked, I asked that of Trey Burton earlier this really? year. Okay. I can tell you the answer. Yeah, yeah. When we come back. All right. Well, well, we're not going anywhere yeah, yet. You can do it I'll now. I'll tell you the answer right you now. You can wait till next week and tease me yeah. for a week. No, he says, you. before I even got the words out of my mouth, uh-huh. I said, which comes first, the camaraderie and everything yeah. or the winning? Before I even got it out, he said, winning. Really? Winning comes first. Oh, sure. You can be a great team in the locker room when you're not winning, but if you're winning, it's so much easier and so much more uh, more bonding that goes together in mm-hmm. the locker room with winning. And, uh, that's what the Bears have been doing, uh, since early in the season, which is, which is nice. They've, uh, they've got the nice thing going. They, uh, talked to Joe Madden and they got the, the disco ball and the club dove and everything else. And, uh, it's a lot easier when you win. Yeah. It, it's very difficult to, uh, to celebrate. I know that Mongo's not a big fan. I know a lot of the old timers. It's like, Hey, you haven't won anything yet. What are you celebrating one win for? But in this now, in this NFL and with these young players, they need something. Uh, they need a carrot dangled in front of them. And, uh, you know, the carrot is, you know, you got a chance to dance a club dub. So they want to go out and get that victory. And it's been working. See, right now, all 53 guys, everyone's pulling the rope in the same direction. Yep. That's what happens early in a rebuild or a, a new system, the, the new regime. Things are going well. One of our guys, and I think it was either Mongo or it might have been Yurko or maybe Waddle. And uh, the question came up this week. All right, uh, game 16, Minnesota, if it doesn't really mean anything as far as moving up or down and who you're going to play. And, you know, we understand if the buy is still available, that's different, of course. But, uh, you know, the arrest, there was the arrest and rust and all that stuff, you know which is a little redundant and tiresome at times. But one of the guys, sorry, fellas, whichever, whoever said it, he said, well, you have to remember this. If you do sit out some of the guys, yeah. you know, either don't play them or just a couple snaps, you know, like a preseason game or whatever, exhibition game. And I never thought of this. But some guy, you know, you only got 53 guys. You right. can't you can't rest all 22 starters. Nope. Or Whatever the twenty three, because sometimes you're in nickel and sometimes you're not. But right. you know, twenty two, you can't rest them all. Sometimes 
He says there's hard feelings from the players that don't. Yeah, why do you arrest those guys? Day. Why oh, right. is he getting arrested, not me? No, I never thought of that. Yeah. Well, they've played the game, so they thought about it because well, it's probably happened to them. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, the decisions there, and Nagy's been, uh, you know, terrific as far as the big picture. You can uh, look at the uh, Wildcat and go, why did you do that? Or the, uh, you know, fake punt, which didn't work, of course, if, you know, to, to really micro down. Yeah, the play before that, the uh, third, oh. third and three and a handoff to Taquan Mizell after you already ran two running plays. Yeah. You told Matt Nagy said earlier in the year that they wouldn't do that. They were, He ran three running plays earlier in the year, and he said, I apologize to the team for doing it. Mm-hmm. He did it again, but obviously the Bears won, so nobody, nobody talked about that. But on that topic, Dan Wiederer uh, jumped in uh, yesterday around uh, 9.30, and uh, great question by uh, our Chris Black, who asked, uh, you know, what's Nagy's best strength? Is it the uh, offensive schemes, his playbook, or is it more, you know, like the leadership, the right. culture, the vibe? And uh, let's see his drop. I think that Matt has a very detailed approach to everything he does that his players and coaches respect, and they understand what the standards are. And I think there's been an elevation there. Now, listen, I covered four last play seasons in a row and an 8-8 eight and eight season in 2013, and you saw where this team would have sort of loose bolts all over the organization and, and all over the roster and all over the, the way they performed on Sundays. And Matt has done a great job of tightening those by, by making sure guys are dialed in on the details and making them understand that games are won and lost on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, and the way you prepare and the way you go about putting together a game plan and the way you go about practicing and, and making sure that you're on point with every single thing you do. And, and that, to me, has been as impressive as anything because he has united with a roster that has fit perfectly with sort of his personality and, and his, uh, you know, core values and, and credits Ryan Pace for understanding how to marry uh, a head coach with a, a roster and, and do that in a very uh, strong way that brings out chemistry. And so that, that for me is it. It, it. It's the way that Matt has been very detailed. Obviously, his, his, his exuberance and his, his positive energy is contagious and has meant a lot for this team. But I think when you're talking about winning football games, it comes down to, to making sure you're not beating yourself. And the Bears have been tremendous with that all year. See, that's why Nagy won our uh, vote 75 to 25 over, uh, you know, who should get the most credit for this year's team, the general manager or Matt Nagy? And uh, even the beat reporters, and that was Dan Weeder there, uh, everyone got caught by surprise acting. They actually, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, are working and planning and doing yep. things. It makes you wonder what the hell was going on the past five, ten years on Wednesdays and Thursdays, you know? <laughs> eh, they didn't have the talent. That's where it's, That doesn't that, help either. Then I go back to the GM. <laughs> they didn't have the talent, so. Yeah. I would think it's more of a 50-50 vote right there at least. Yeah. But, uh, no, fans have ruled. Three-fourths of the credit goes to the head coach, who's a fun guy. And, well, uh, I think we've come to see that just because you win the vote doesn't mean you're right. From now, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the reason yeah. we do these. Uh-huh. What are you doing? What, right. what are you voting that way for? Right. You're not voting my way. Uh-huh. Take the highway. Now you're welcome to stick around till noon. We'll get back. I, friend, I see you still got a Bears yellow pad that's jammed. So do I. We haven't had any time to shoehorn in a little bit of uh, Cub Sox bulls. We'll try to spray to all Manny fields. Machado is going to wait <laughs> when we return. Let's just celebrate New Year's first. ESPN 1000. Fred on 
Rodney Homestretch, a busy Saturday. Glad you're with us every Saturday, 9 till noon. All right, Fred, let's get back on the Bears beat. Number, we haven't touched this. It's probably lost in the shuffle, but the Bears punter, O'Donnell. Yeah. I, I can't even remember his first Pat. name. Pat. Thank you. Pat. Thank you. Pat. Pat O'Donnell. He's been on a roll. Yep. He's been on a roll. We talked about last week. He had five different punts, I think, uh, at the two, at the uh, five, at the whatever. This week, he had, uh, I believe, just punted three times. I could be wrong. But one uh, was uh, down to the four-yard line. The Packers took possession at their own four. Then at the 20, not a touchback, though. I, I, he didn't do the mistake where you kick it too far. Right. But uh, that actually you know, came down, fair catcher, rolled dead at the 20. And the other at the minus two. Uh, the Packers minus the Packers own two, so we had a a ball at the Packer four, the Packer two, and the Packer twenty. Yeah, well, Bellamy caught the one. That's right. Yeah. Wasn't that beautiful? Yep. And you know, he had just made a either a nice block or a nice. He, well, had, he made a nice catch. A nice, nice catch. catch over the middle, and uh, he he'll fool you yep. downfield blocking, and. Uh, the oh the, now the kickoffs and we always talk about that. You were the first one I ever heard on this, Good and uh, you know yeah. if you're if the ball's in the end zone. Don't run it the out. Ball's close to the end zone. Let it go. Because What's the point? With the new rule, yeah. If it rolls in, it's not a live ball. Where right. the, the kicking team can fall on it for a touchdown, uh-huh. as you said yesterday. I heard you. Yeah. You know the uh, NFL doesn't want you. No, to take they don't it want out. you to return the kickoffs. Right. So, still unable to uh, do the like pooch kickoff. So every time he kicks off, he uh, what's his parky? Yeah. So here were five kickoffs. I think these were the five. Here's where the ball landed on the kickoff. I call it the minus eight. Okay, that means eight yards deep in the end zone. Right. A minus five, a minus ten, all the way to the back line uh, out, right? Right. A kickoff to the minus six and the minus eight. So uh, eight, five, ten, six, eight, which is fine. They get the ball to 25. But you mentioned, I think you said the Patriots have done this in the past or tried to perfect it. It's not easy. I understand. No. But the pooch kickoff where the ball comes down around the, the five. Two, two, three, yeah. four, five, yeah. and then they run it out and they never get to the 25. Uh-huh. Or do they say, hey, just unload it, you know, no messing around, and uh, let them have the ball at the 25? Because if he's able to drill the ball out of the end zone and into the eight uh, yards deep, uh, just something that caught my attention. But yeah, the- well, the Patriot, Patriots figure, listen, why, why give them five extra yards? Let's see if we can pooch it. And see, the problem, the thing is, when you force the opposition to return the ball, mm. not only do they get it where they return it to, yeah. but the odds are they're going to get a block in the back, a holding penalty. Uh, always a flag. Next thing you know, they'll start on their own seven. Yeah. And it goes <laughs> back to the, the loss of the uh, in the Giants game. People mm-hmm. forget, but oh. Taquan Mizell had the ball bounce off of him, oh. and they downed it at the two. Yeah. Two plays later, the interception from Chase Daniel oh. returned by Ogletree for a touchdown. The Bears are losing. Now, if that was the, the first play of the game, right? Second, uh, second play. No, no, I'm sorry. Right. That, that was the starting the game kickoff. Right. right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Opening, opening, yeah. the opening drive for the game. Right. Now, if in fact the Bears, if they had let it go into the end zone, yeah. then they have the ball to 25. Yeah. Maybe it's a different defense. Yeah. Maybe that pass is not intercepted. Whole different game. Bears have a, have a chance for a bye, but you know, those, and, and then when I hear anybody say, the special teams are having a good season. Mm. I question their knowledge of the game of football. But they were smart enough. Myzel, that was the last game he returned. 
any kicks because then they went right to Miller the next game. I thought. Ooh, Am I wrong? I, I don't think Miller's been doing it for that long. Man, you're I right. think Miller's only doing it. Uh, but was there someone else in there? Was Cunningham still on the? Uh, anyway, yeah, Cunningham was hurt. That's why Mizell was there. Okay, but so, so they let Mizell the next week. I don't yeah, know. You're probably right. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go to uh, Henry's in Daytona Beach. Henry. What's up, guys? Happy holidays to you guys and Felix. Thanks. You too. Uh, I just wanted to say, you know, first off, Blackhawks three in a row. That's three in a row. We're building something here. That's right. You know what? And they're all since you called last week. (laughs) I know. That's right. I would say say let's tank, but this isn't the Chris Black uh, patty cake (laughs) league. we got to play real. Uh, But my real call was about uh, everybody's been getting either a Pro Bowl or a Pro Bowl alternate, even Cody Whitehair. But I think the biggest miss is Megapart, Pat O'Donnell. All I want for Christmas is a Pat O'Donnell jersey. That guy's been killing it. And if that fake punt would have worked if they would have let him throw. He's got a cannon on him. If yeah. you remember last year with that touchdown. Yeah, you know, and Henry, the thing, the worst part about the the fake punt was if you're going to fake the punt, at least have a, something a little more interesting than snapping to the up guy and having him try to run it. I mean, that, that almost that trick almost never works. That trick never works. I mean, it's crazy. Rocky and Bowinkle. <laughs> Well, if they want to let him pass, I, I don't know if you guys remember last I time. I do. Yeah. Cohen for like a 50-yard. I mean, he shades of Peyton Manning back there, guys. <laughs> All right, so uh, Thanks, Henry. Henry, you want the uh, Pat O'Donnell jersey? Uh, that would be number 16. I'll give you my old George Blandon, tear off Blandon, put on O'Donnell yeah. for and you. he also wants a Colin Delia jersey, who was in the Nets last That's night, right. making 35 and 36 yeah. days. Still in his head. <laughs> Colin Delia Reese back there. He was a, he was a lights out last night. There you go. Like to get a Delia jersey. Nice debut. Thanks, Henry. Thanks, Henry. Of course, I know Blanda never had his name on his back with the Bears, so you don't have to tell me that. I know that. Let's go to because uh, I didn't put names on right. the back. George didn't want to spend that money on extra letters and have to get a needle and thread. Are you kidding me, Johnson? Silver Lake. Hello, Johnson. Good morning, guys. Hey, John. Hey, couple things here. Number one, uh, I wanted to. Shoot back at the guy who had no use for Kyle Long. Man, that guy's been a warrior and suffered through so many injuries. He deserves he deserves more than anybody else to get to the Super Bowl this year. And we're going to need him if we're going to run the ball against the type of teams we're going to face to to finish the job here. John, that was me, and I don't want to see him come in in week seventeen and screw something up after no. not playing all year long. I thought that was the caller who said that. No, it was no, me. I, but he's going to have to get some reps, and that'd be a good. Well, like, no, if he gets, if, if, no, get reps in seventeen. That's fine. But I don't want to see him just if he, if he gets a few reps and he plays decent in week seventeen. I don't think it's right for him to play. Even though he's been there, I don't think it's a right move to move him in and have him this be a starting guard in the first round of the playoffs. Well. Uh, we'll talk. Know. We can disagree. Uh, we'll see. That's yeah. cool. Anyway. Hey, John, thanks for calling. Uh, I had my uh, Christmas wish, too. Oh, yes. what do you want under your tree, sports-related? Kyle Long, uh, apparently. I wouldn't <laughs> say a World Cup for the U.S., but we got to wait another three years for that. So I'll uh, wish for a, a fire tr- uh, double with uh, an MLS Cup and a uh, Lamar Hunt Cup. There you go, John. <laughs> we can always hope, right? It's got to be better yep. than last year. Thanks, John. See you. Thanks, uh, John. Yeah, I wanted uh, 
I wanted Harper under under the tree for my Cubs, uh, and then I figured, well, you know what? You know when you go to the carnival, uh-huh. they got the top shelf, and then the middle shelf, and then the, the bottom shelf, yeah. right? So I figured, well, you know, I can ask Santa for the top shelf and Harper, and you know, maybe the maybe up to the Polar Express up in the North Pole, you know, where all four sides of your compass say the letter S South, you know, and uh, but maybe they're run out of Harpers. So I said, well, then I'll take the middle shelf. Right. I'll take a DJ Lemayu. Right. Under the tree for the Cubs. And, of course, I got the uh, bottom shelf. I got the, the, the Scalso. Yeah, Daniel Descalso. Yeah, yeah. That's who you get. He's a, well, here's what he is. He's a better, he's an upgrade from La Stella. He's a better 25th man. That's under the Cubs tree. That's it so far? Yep, so far. Okay. That's all you got. So two plays in the Bears game, Fred, that I believe did not get enough attention. Real quick here. Beat the Packers. All right. You hear this phrase sometimes now. Okay, takeaways, giveaways, turnovers. Sometimes they say, now, you know, if you can just stop the stop the other team with the ball, stop them from getting a first down, they punt. You know, it's almost like a, 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 turn, a turnover, a, a takeaway. Right. Yeah, a lot of times. A, yeah, you're getting a ball, maybe like if it had been a 30, 40-yard pass, you pick it, they're going to punt it, and you get it probably about yeah. the same field position, if right? If you can shut down a team, if you, go, if you have a team and yeah. force them to go three and out, it's like a turnover. Right. Yep. So here's the reciprocal of that, okay? That would be when you have the ball right. and it's third down and you can extend this, the drive, the, uh, extend this, the drive by getting a first down. That's huge, you know? Yep. You're going to knock another three, four, five minutes off the clock maybe if, you know, another series of downs. You're going to get better field position. So here's two plays by Trubisky that in a busy week didn't get any uh, enough coverage. So let's go to the second quarter, Fred. The Bears are up 7-3, and there's about four minutes, five minutes left in the second quarter. The Bears are back at their uh, own uh, 30, at the uh, Packer 36, right? Oh, Bears 36. The Bears are, uh, back, I'm sorry, at their right. own. Back, back, right. back to, uh, at their own, uh, minus 36. And it's third and seven. And the Bears are up by only seven to three. Oh, boy, you know what? If they can only get a first down here. Well, scramble. And there's my guy, Adam Shaheen. Well, let's listen here. Here's Fox. Third down and seven. Late in the second quarter. Uh, back in your own territory, up by four. Trubisky gets away, floats one for the tight end, Shaheen, and he's got it. And the elusiveness of Mitchell Trubisky allowed Adam Shaheen to get the first down. Yeah, you get the perfect blitz dialed up. Here comes Eddie Pleasant in. He's going to come unblocked. He's got a free shot at the quarterback. And there's that athleticism of Mitchell Trubisky. It's so frustrating for a defense to have the right call, do everything, but get the quarterback down, and then you give up a first down. I'll just say this because he's on the field at the same. It was almost Aaron Rodgers-like, <laughs> the way that the second-year quarterback made that happen, a pickup of 23 yards on a important third down to keep the ball away from Rodgers. All right, stop the tape. See, no one ever talks about these plays. Trubisky, Trubisky, this, Trubisky, that. They drafted him in the second overall. They made a trail. Okay, fine. No telling what that did right. to turn the game around, Fred, or, or keep sure. the game going the right direction. But here was even a bigger one. Same deal. Now you're in the third quarter, late in the third quarter. 14-14. Bears are back at their own 25, and it's third and 10, right? You'll yep. remember this play. Uh-huh. And uh, so if you don't convert, you got to punt the ball. 
They're going to have the ball somewhere around midfield or Packers back at their own 40. They may pop one. Uh, they got field position. Tie game late in the third quarter. Third and 10. And this is right after, right after the Packers had scored. And the last thing you want to do right after that is go three and out. Yes. And the first two plays were Trubisky, a pass incomplete to Burton. And then the same thing, another incomplete to Burton. So you, last thing you want to do, you've used, you've used 10 seconds off the clock. Right. And now you've got the ball at third and ten at your own twenty-five. And the Packers throw a five-man blitz, and Trubisky's got a scramble on third and ten. Trubisky, there's a delayed blitz, and he gets out of it, and he can run for the first down, and he'll make it. Fox TV. That's huge. That was big. Yeah. They blitzed that sleeper fifth man in, and uh, the scramble looks like he's in trouble. First down. Then what happens? They keep marching down the field. Uh, then a giveaway, but field position, and they end up eventually getting that uh, touchdown pass on the striker to Burton in a little while. So uh, a lot of the things Trubisky does. You know what? They're not as evident. Uh, you know, okay, got a third down scramble. Well, there you go. Murph and Fred uh, yep. catch up on a few things. Those third down scrambles are huge because oh. that's that they that's they call it extending the drive. Yes, and that's what you're doing. They're extending the drive, and it works out right. really well for Trubisky. It's, it's instead of a giveaway, yep. which is what the punt would be. Yep, exactly right. Murph and Fred back in a flash. Final thoughts. ESPN one thousand. Murph and Fred, let's see, 24, 27, 27 hours and about 12 minutes until Bears at San Francisco. Hey, today's one of your favorite days, Fred. Longest uh, sunlight, I mean, longest, shortest, that'd be six months from today. Right. Shortest sunlight of the year and the winter solstice, I believe they would call it. And uh, it'll things will uh, turn around starting tomorrow and days will uh, light We'll get longer, so that'll be fun. Eh, don't, don't matter to me. Don't matter to Fred. Uh, in the basement, it's always dark. <laughs> I'm in the basement watching games or doing something. So I was at a remote once. What kind of man cave you got, Murph? I didn't want to tell him I don't. You know, I don't really have one. So, oh yeah, I got man cave. Uh-huh. Not all the TVs. No, yeah. lazy boy and watch the one TV. So uh, let's see, Fred, real quick. Uh, let's rapid fire through. Uh, so there's a Dennis Eckersley yeah. special. Yes, there is. That's been running on MLB TV. Uh-huh. And that's, uh, I recorded it. And Good it, stuff. Yeah, it was all right. Uh. He didn't do much about his personal problems. Uh, no, de- well, he only talked so much about him being an alcoholic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, t- t- he was actually a starter changed into a reliever. Right. And uh, that changed his whole uh, career yeah. around. Hall so. of Fame. Yep. But he said... Now he's doing uh, radio for Red Sox baseball uh, yeah. analyst, and he, he says, "He says, you know, I'm the one that invented the phrase walk off home run." Oh, he said that. Huh? Yeah, and he's he said, "Well, 19 everyone, I think you see where I'm going." Yeah. The 1988 World Series, Red Sox versus the Dodgers, Game One at Dodger Stadium, it was uh, like late in the game or ninth, ninth inning rather, and that's when they brought up Kirk Gibson, yeah. uh, Tommy Lasorda. Everyone thought. 
Gibson was had a bad wheel, a bad leg. He wouldn't. And Eckersley says we didn't know scouting report on him. We didn't even talk about him before the game. He comes up and threw like twelve pitches, yeah. fastball, fastball, slider, slider down, and then they had told. Gibson, that if Eckersley gets you in a two-strike a hole, he'll come with the off-speed backdoor yeah, slider slider right. changeup on the yep. outside. And he yep. hammered it, and Eckersley said, so I said that was a walk-off homer, meaning me. See, I always thought the home team, you get the home run, we're, you know, home run, we're walking off the... Vi- no, it's the other way. Maybe I was just naive. Uh-huh. It's the losing pitcher. Has to walk, walk off. off the mound watching Kirk Gibson circling the bases. It was funny because he said that uh, nobody. He said nobody even saw me walking off the mound. He said they were all watching Kirk Gibson run around. <laughs> he goes nobody saw me walk off the mound. Right, right. So hey, it makes sense. He invented. Yep. Yeah, I threw a walk off homer. Yeah, and he I did. Had, to, had to walk off myself. One that will never be forgotten. Right, right. And, and the best part about it is, and you said it, is that they didn't think he was going to play, so they didn't even they didn't even go over his you know no. what to throw him. And a Dodger advanced scout had told the Dodgers, if he gets you in that <laughs> position and you're a left handed hitter, he's going to throw the outside back door. Yeah. Lazy slider, and uh, boom, he was ready for it. So uh, Packers tomorrow. Where are you going to be again, Fred? Uh, no, Niners I, tomorrow. I mean, Niners tomorrow. I'm trying to give you a plug, and I screwed it up. No, we're right here. Me and oh, Mongo, oh, 9 to noon. No remote. No, me and Mongo, 9 to noon, getting you ready for Bears and Packers. Uh-huh. Bears and Packers. See, I did it now. That's my Bears fault. Bears and Niners. Yeah. And uh, the game starts at 3.05. Then I'll be back on uh, Monday. From um, cool. the 2 to 4, and I'll be back on Christmas Day from mm-hmm. 9 to noon. Yeah. And you can't get rid of me. And uh, like the toilet paper on your foot. Santa, please bring me a Descalso Cubs Oh, my God. T-shirt. You don't really want that. Right off the bottom shelf. You can get a Tommy LaStella cheaper, plus Jesse's got a whole bunch of them. They better hope that TV deal brings in some do-re-mi. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, uh, thanks, our guests there. Steve Silverman and Arthur Arkish. Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody. Black and Abdallah coming up next. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with a might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears. And let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois. Chicago Bears, bear down.